Welcome to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, education, and more. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and also find us on all social media networks at Real Talk That Talk. And now, let's start the show. All right, let's go ahead and kick this thing off. Let's get to these topics, man. Welcome, everybody, to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more. Make sure that as soon as you come in, you smash that like button. God dang it. I still got a thing scrolling across the bottom. I didn't mean to do that. Boom. There we go. Smash that like button, man. As soon as you come in, smash that like button. And also, please make sure you subscribe to the network and turn on notifications. Also, please make sure that you find us on all your streaming networks at Real Talk That Talk. All right. Let's get into this, man. I, you know, coming from uh, TMEA, um, you know, one of the things that, that really was playing on my brain is the band director. So we're going to talk about the band director today. Uh, I know it's a couple of band directors in here uh, who keep who continuously check us out, and that's great. I also know that there's a couple of band directors or, or former students of band directors who watch us, man. So it's all good. So we're going to talk about the band director. So let me ask you this question. Let's go to the first topic. What is the role of the band director? What is the role of the band director? Quan, obviously. <laughs> well, um, well, first of all, that, that depends on, first of all, where you are and who you're teaching. And when, the reason why I say where you are is because we just say it in the Title One area or real urban area, it may look different. If you're the sole band director, that may look different. If you have a team of people, then honestly, you're a delegator. If you're, if, uh, you're the head band director, you have to be the visionary too. Like you have to have the the type of sound that you want your band to reproduce because, you know, how can the kids follow you unless they truly see the vision that, that is clear? So uh, first of all, the band director is the visionary. He's the delegator. He's the macro manager and micro manager when he needs to be. He's the he's the teacher. He's also the constant student. He's also the real talk, the mom the dad, the uncle. He's the person real talk that comes up with the fundraiser ideas. I mean, that's the band program overall is his baby and he has to treat it like such. So when you say, what is the band director? Low key, he's everything. He's the heartbeat. He has to check the temperature of the students. He's the counselor. I mean, he's the report card checker. He's the person that contact these. He should be contacting these colleges for their uh, audition requirements, he's a prepare. I mean, he's also the master teacher and musician, or should be. You know, it's it's so much that encapsulates that title. You know, I know Mario is not here, but I know how he'd be taking his hats off and flipping it. But that's basically what the band director is: a person that wears ten thousand hats, but one person. Okay. Uh, so you gave you gave your thoughts from a perspective of like there's being there's one band director right but like let me let me throw it another way right like what if what if you are not the only band director what if you got four other people on staff because then then it changes for me in my personal opinion because now you you're you you're considered the quote unquote head band director so the head band director then I in my personal opinion changes. To me, at that point, the head band director is the the administrator. 
So, and if if we start looking at university programs, how many times do you see? Well, let me let me look at let me say this a different way. When we look at university programs, is the typically, in your opinion, is typically the head band director the one doing the most work? So I only march for one band, and uh, Prof, Prof before he passed away, Prof Edwards, he had like this sound that he wanted to produce, but honestly, it was Prof uh, Mark Gordon that was in front of us. Uh, and he facilitated, you know, specific rehearsals, rehearsal time, song rehearsals, uh, introducing the music or whatnot. Uh, but Prof Ed was the fine tuner. That's 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 what his job and visionary was. You know, uh, he gave the standard. Prof uh, Gordon carried it out. And then at the time, uh, I think Prof McQueen, he was still doing like the field shows and whatnot. And he was over there. So he had his team, you know, but overall, now Prophet, he did the alma mater and he did the uh, Star Spangled Banner. Uh, he was there at practice, but Prophet really was the, you know, the, the administrator, like you said, making sure that kids had their scholarships, making sure that we ate, making sure that we stayed in school, you know, dealing with the higher ups. That was his job. So I agree admit, at that level, administrator. So, so then, and this is, this is why I get so, um, I don't want to say confused, but torn between the directions of the band director. Right. And I'm, and I'm specifically talking about the head band director. Um, and the reason why I'm saying that is because in most cases, the assistant band director is, is the one doing the work. And, and that's not, and that's not to, to say that that is a, that's happening everywhere. That's an everywhere thing, right? But I do think in most cases, when you have more than one band director, um, the head band director in most cases is the uh, administrator. So, and I'm and and I'm only kind of coming from a university perspective because I can't I can't really uh, dive into what happens in a secondary perspective. Uh, I know some secondary programs where i've never even known that um there was a head band director because i thought the assistant was the head band director <laughs> until i actually like went on a page and they were like director of bands blah 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 blah. and i was like who is this guy um so but when i when i'm looking specifically at the university um or the university level it's really hard for me to be able to to put a stamp on what that head band director's job is because most of the time if they have more than one person on the staff, it's to delegate. Mm -hmm. It's to say, all right, you writing a drill, you running the music, you doing X, Y, and Z. But then if that's the case, does that diminish the role of the band director? Because so many times, if you really think about it, there are so many times when people gravitate more towards the assistant than the head. Mm -hmm. So, no, go ahead. You got it. No, so I mean, but but it takes a village, you know what I'm saying? It's like we and 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 this is just from my experience, so this is my truth. The band director that's on the podium the most, you're spending more time as as a student, you're spending more time with him, right? 
Now, Prof. Edwards was approachable, but we wasn't hanging in his office because he had stuff to do. Uh, even from your experience, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm pretty sure, like, not too many people are hanging in Dr. Zachary's office like that. You know, he he's doing, you know, his, his duties. But when you and Rick were there, y'all was the ones on the podium pushing the music. So you, it's a different type of approach. So it's kind of like y'all big uncle or big brother when the headband director, his position may be father. Like, I got to make sure this house is running properly. But, you know what I'm saying? But my big brothers and big uncle, I know they got me. I think it's it's still the same and it's still vital because without that vision, it's still on function properly. But I'm entrusting these other brothers or other sisters who are my assistants or even, you know, if a lady is ahead to to carry out this vision for me. So I don't I don't think it diminishes it. I just think that's this is my lane for this time. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm, I'm pretty sure. When you become a, uh, if that's your goal in play to become a, a director of bands, it's you may not have as much time to function in music rehearsal as much as you want to because you may be doing other administrative things. So until we get to that level, you know, I don't, I don't know, homie, I don't know, but I don't think it diminishes it though. So, so here's a follow up question. Mm-hmm. So the follow up question is this. Do band directors, head band directors who have these situations where the administrator, not administrators, assistants are doing a gang of work ever show appreciation to the other directors? I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. Like I say, I only march for, you know, for one, one group. Yeah. And, and, I'm, and I'm just going off of what you may think and or your perspective. And the reason why I'm saying that is because when I when I look through the gambit of directors and situations and band programs and stuff, I'm all it's always the head out in the front, right? And and don't get me wrong, I don't think that I don't think that the head should not be in the front. I'm not saying that at all, right? Because at the end of the day, if something goes <clears throat> wrong or something goes right, that person is the quote unquote person that is responsible. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to shaping the band and the sound of the band and 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 uh drill and blah 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 when you have a director a headband director who's more or less delegating a lot of things and then the assistant band directors are doing the work but the headband director is getting the shine um then my question is have you ever seen situations or 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 do you believe in situations where those headband directors are not appreciative or or showing the gratitude to those assistant band directors. I'm I'm pretty sure it's possibly somewhere, but like I say, the experiences that I've had, you know, Prof. Ed showed love to uh, Prof. Gordon, uh, and even now, my experience, uh, I went to Langston, like I say, uh, in the fall. Uh, you know, Prof. Gordon was showing love to to his to his staff and and what they were doing. You know, you know you know, pumping them up, you know, allowing them to run specific things while while he was doing his due diligence, you know, edifying them, you know, publicly. So I that that's from what I've seen. Um but you know to to each his own. Uh my experience honestly with uh Dr. Little, 
when I, I met him in person for the uh, the Cracker Barrel, uh, I went to their rehearsal. Um, he was doing the same thing, edifying his staff or whatnot. And so I don't, I think it just depends on that on that band director. But from what I've seen, those directors that I've seen at the collegiate level, their synergy was on point. So it, it just depends, bro. Now, I will tell you this. Um, Paul I. Adams told me something. Um, I'm not going to tell you the story of how it ended up happening, mm-hmm. but I will say this. Um, and this kind of is going to bring this particular topic to the cl- to a close. Um, there was a long conversation that happened prior to what he said, but he said the assistant band director's job is to make the head band band director look good. Yeah. But that's true though. I mean, it hit me. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say what you were about to say. And I'm, uh, cause I mean, think about it. I mean, uh, first lady, well, not first lady, but uh, Madam Vice President Kamala Harris, her job is to make Joe Biden look good. Like when you a soldier, you a soldier. You know what I'm saying? So if that's the general, that is my job to make him look good. Because, and I think you have to operate with that secondary seat with fidelity because your aspirations is, I want somebody to hold me up like that too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I look at you as my big brother. Like, I ain't going to never have you out here looking stupid. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, hey, bro, you know, blah, 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 blah. That's that as a brother and friend, that is my job. So I understand that. Now, if I had the context and maybe we could talk offline, the context of what it was, I'd be like, damn, you know what I'm saying? But not to diminish it, but that is his job. Because in due season, I feel like that band director going to show love. Yeah, I, I uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the context <laughs> offline. Yeah, I, I'll definitely. I mean, it, it's not a bad context, but the way the the way it transpired was, was, was kind of threw me for a loop. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I, you know, one of the things that I realized though in that conversation, it's almost difficult to be in that seat when you realize you may be stronger than um that head band director you may have slightly more knowledge than that head band director and what what i realized too is that you can't allow ego to get in your way as being an assistant band director right but the 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 disconnect the disconnect with that is the fact that when you are with a person and 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 not all band directors have this like head band directors have this but when you're with a band director who has a big ego it's almost difficult maybe and not with everybody i'm just speculating here but it's 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 almost difficult to um not feel a little uneasy because that that guy is getting all of the praise but doing the minimal work you see what I'm saying? So, I don't know. It's a really interesting, really interesting situation, bro. But I have, uh, I have a question. But, but, what if, uh, but what if that head band director is putting putting in that same amount of hours? You know, like we say, what if he burning that midnight oil? What if he, if he that with you? When he go get something to eat, he get you something to eat. Like, what if he down with you like that? Then what? Because, because 
like I said on this show, I'm gonna speak into existence. I am gonna be a director of bands, and I know that that's that's my heart's desire and my prayer. And I know my faith is gonna get me there with my actions. The same Quan who I am now, I don't want to lose that. I don't want to lose that humility. You know what I'm saying? And I want to continuously always look out for my staff. I've never had a staff before. So, uh, and the, the the person that I have, uh, Jay Robert, like that's my dog. And so I look at him, you know, look out for him in every, every way possible. At the collegiate level, I want to do the same thing. Of course, we know the pay is going to be different. So you you gotta break bread with them, you know what I'm saying? You gotta look out for them. I think that's was proper. That's but that's me, you know what I'm saying? All right, cool, cool. What's going on, Chief? What up, family? How y'all doing tonight, man? What's up, doctor? Good, yeah, bro. Hey, man. I just I just want to tell you, bro. See, hello, anybody listening out there? This is this is this is real man stuff right here. We are gonna have a man moment right now. All right, this is real man stuff. Y'all gotta be able to talk to you, talk to your brothers. If they, if especially if you call them brothers, you gotta be real with them. I miss you, bro. I ain't seen you in a yeah. minute. Love you, bro. Yeah, man. All right. Yeah, much love, man. I miss y'all too, man. It's been a minute. Life has been uh throwing some haymakers, man. Yeah. Life has yeah. been throwing some haymakers, man. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I'm in, I'm in it to win it though. God is too yeah. good, so we gonna rock. Yeah. Absolutely, rock. absolutely. Yeah, man. Don't make me, don't make me put the praise music on, bro. Hey. I know, I know, we all need a shout moment, bro. All right, so. Yeah. But I, I I know we'll chop it up, but yeah, yeah, For absolutely, sure. man. absolutely. Sure. It's All a right. panel of ice cold brothers. Hey, yeah, you already know. the A5's in here right now, hey, man. We holding, we holding it down. All right, uh, but let's go ahead and keep it moving, man. Welcome everybody to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more. As soon as you come in, hey, man, don't wait. Go ahead and smash that like button. We have an 06 panel today, man. Rick ain't Rick ain't coming today, bro. So we're going to have an 06 panel all day, man. All right? So, <laughs> so, man, let's hold it down. Go ahead and smash that like button if you haven't already done so. Let's get these likes up. Also, please make sure you subscribe to the network and turn on notifications. And also, check us out on all of your podcasting uh, channels at Real Talk That Talk. All right, let's go ahead and get keep it rolling, keep it rolling. So today, once again, I'm, we're sticking with the the idea of band directors. All right, so let's get into it. What does it say, or what is what does it say when a director comes from multiple positions? What does it say when a band director comes from multiple positions? All right. Oh, what's up? What's up, Juan? I'm about to say what you, what you mean by that multiple positions, like. So, <laughs> pause. <laughs> <laughs> My mind, bro. <laughs> you said that <laughs> on top, baby. Anyway, uh, but no, <laughs> but uh, no. So what I mean by multiple positions, when you look at, uh, when you look at the various. The, the person's various track re- record. So let me, let me, and I'm just throwing somebody out here. So he was at, dude was at Langston for like two years and then turned around and was at Southern for a year. And then, well, he probably wasn't going to be at Southern if he ain't marching Southern, but just using it as an example. He was at Southern for a year, then Mississippi Valley for a year. And then you marching at, or they come, he coming to your school next. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> All right. to, a band room, to a band room near you. Right. So what does it say 
when a director comes from multiple positions. Uh, Chief, since you just came in, come on, bro. Let's get it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it says a, a number of things. So, I mean, I, I tend to believe it has to do with the character of the person, plus it has to do with the administration that the person's coming from. School district situations, um, a person could just have been caught in the crossfire of bad situations. And two or three of those give you a poor name. So you can go to, I mean, I can speak it for secondary positions. You know what I'm saying? Talking about like high schools. Um, it's a rotating door up in New Jersey, like for urban situations, because the school systems are, are, are poor in a lot of areas. So you're dealing with, um, you know, a lot of elements that are out of control of the band directors. A lot of people are not hiring for band directors up here. Unfortunately, in the, in the inner city schools, they're hiring for um, babysitters and people who um, give general music. They're not really hiring to build music programs because music programs cost money. And because they cost a lot of money, they oftentimes don't want to support that. So it's not a surprise if a person is in and then out in another position and out. You know what I mean? However, however, it says something about um, I know for me and I don't want to get too tough on people about this because everybody's situation is different, as I spoke to first. But, um, you know, seeing it through sometimes, man, sometimes seeing it through is important to be able to um, help these young people, because if you're leaving a school that's poor. The kids ain't leaving. You know what I'm saying? The kids are still there and, and they're gonna become the citizens of our of our of our neighborhoods and our and the areas we live. So um sometimes it's necessary to stick with programs, but that's the age-old situation. Many band directors stick in positions because they feel either sad for a situation, just wanna you help plant your feet hold. and take a brace, brother. Right. Huh? <laughs> you gotta plant your feet and take a brace, brother. Right, right, right. So you know, I just I feel like it's a, it's a lot of different situations that can happen to make people, you know, struggle in those areas. Uh, but for me personally, um, I've been at the same school for 11 years and, um, and I'm in the inner city and I'm up north in an area where there is not a lot of not a lot of, um, you know, thriving band programs. Um, there are some at some of the performing arts schools, but even performing arts schools are struggling up here. So um, it depends where you are. I mean, I, you guys, I hear stories from you guys about being in like Texas and stuff like that. There's different situations down there because there has been an established culture at some point um, and even a relative culture of band and support of music in some way. Um, but not caring what happens at any program in anywhere in a whole Houston area is like that's that's not quite the way it is. Uh, so I mean, I'll be I'll be interested to hear what you guys got to say, because you come from different states. And I, I went to, I'm from a, a, a Midwest city. I teach in a up north place. So I've I'm, I'm got this northern vibe with band and it's, it's, a, it's a bit different. So I'd love to hear what you guys got to say about it. All right. Uh, let's also welcome Derek to the panel. What's going on there, brother? What up with you, bro? What's going on, y'all? What you, you're not on. You're not on Alpha Train, but you good. Yeah, you can you rock got, with us gotta, tonight. Gotta get it together, though. <laughs> <laughs> side, we side with it, bro. We side with it. <laughs> well, no, not really. <laughs> we symphonians. There we go. We symphonians. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. All hell, man. Yeah. All, hell. There it is. All right. There we go. All right. Uh, Quan, what does it say when a band director comes from multiple positions? Uh, I, w I would have to ask him. Like, we just we just going to have to have that tough conversation. What, what made you leave? Uh, like, I think Mario said it. Like, what what is... Because not being ugly, when you speak about collegiate positions, that's different, bro. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like that's that's different. 
Like that's everybody knows, bro. You get in at with the collegiate level, there's a period of suffering that you have to endeavor through to get to eventually that director of bands position. So I'm I have to ask you, if I was the person interviewing, like how committed are you to this particular university? How, you know, what is your five, six, seven, ten year plan? Not just for the band, but for the music department. Like I, I'm gonna have to question all of that. And real talk, I'm gonna have to do a thorough background check from every school for a character check because you said he was at one school for two years, backdoor was at another school for one year. So it's kind of like, and, and this is a perfect uh, analogy. They was talking about uh, James Harden on today on, uh, right. what is it, a first take. They was like, he now has a reputation of bailing when it gets tough. So if you got a reputation like that as a band director, I mean, why am I hiring you? Because like we all know, when you're building a program, if you're the director of bands, it's going to take about three to four years, maybe five, to truly establish your culture for what you want to get your kids to, you know, to that level where you want. So I would have to question, I'm going to look at you, you know, a little bit sideways, but I'm going to give you an opportunity, you know, if I see your credentials and and I think, you know, you're a good candidate, but I, I am going to give you the side eye, bro. That's a lot of changing because in all the scenarios that you just uh, used, you the, the the ink still wet on the on the paper before you left. So multiple positions at the collegiate level, yes, I'm gonna look at you sideways. Secondary, I, I I'm gonna ask you. So why this school? You know what happened here and what made you transition? Was it family issues? Was it you know was you too far from the school? Because you know that may be an issue or non negotiable for for a person. So it just depends. References matter. Facts. Facts. References matter, bro. Put them shits on the on the, on the resume. <laughs> Derek, what does it say when a director comes from multiple positions? Oh man, I think it's uh it's two sides to that coin, man. I think you know some directors, if, if they're not happy where they're at, they're quick to leave like that. But at the same time, you got you got this. I think it's it's the verb is is a, is a director leaving or are they being put out of these different schools you know um some of these some of these cats is hopping from school to school are being dismissed from that say a school and just because they're so talented they get another opportunity at a whole nother school um regardless of the reference and then the same thing happens at that school and it's, it's, a, it's a it's a rotating door um but that's one side of the coin they got some you know you got some directors man um they're leaving because either they're not feeling accomplished, I mean, not accomplished, feeling uh, the atmosphere they're working at, whether it be administration, students, not getting paid enough. Um, maybe, you know, I've seen some people move because of family. You know, I've seen band directors like, oh, I got to leave the state. Um, I got to be with my family. As some band directors, I know that their family is in a whole different state from where their job is, and they've been waiting for a position to open up at another school in that state so they can move with their family. So, um I agree with everybody, man. You got to go back to these references, man. I mean, <laughs> what did you do at this school you were at? <laughs> you know, and I don't think I can just characterize somebody just because they've had a lot of schools on their resume. I got to figure out why do you have these schools on your resume? What did you do when you were here? Um, what did your coworkers think of you? What did students um, think of you? You know, that's a big thing. Um, I, I think students, honestly, they might – give you a little bit more insight than, than some of the co-workers, you know. Um, tell you Good point. Yeah, so 
you know, like you said, we got to do this background investigation <laughs> for you, man. See if you're solid or not. Um, everybody got their own reason for leaving. Uh, um, and until you do that investigation, you won't know. So I don't want to put nobody in a box like this because you got. I know great metrics have been in five schools in in a span of like eleven years or something like that. Um, but situations just happen, you know. Nothing bad, no scandals, you know. Just just what they had to do. So <laughs> let me let me throw a curveball on. <laughs> let me throw a curveball at y'all real quick. So this is a two parter, right? So the first curve, the first curve is this. At every school the director has been at, there has been significant growth. And it's well known and documented. That's the first curve. The second curve is this. What if he's white? What that got to do with it, bro? I'm just asking. I'm just asking. That's why that's where the curve is. So, so you got the two the two parter. <clears throat> so he's well he he grows programs and he's white. Let's just add a little more little more meat on the bread. Is this urban schools or affluent? Yes. It's urban. urban. Urban, low socioeconomic. I'm throwing it all out there. You're gonna get the whole kitchen sink today, bro. That's a hell of a scenario, my dude. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Where does that exist? But, where where but, is that? But but here's the here's the reason why I'm asking that. It's is four chocolate brothers on the panel. Well, everybody ain't chocolate. I'm chocolate. All right. Pause. <laughs> but it's it's four it's four hey, brothers yo. on the panel. <laughs> Don't be looking at my skin like that. But no. Hey, yo. Uh, <laughs> but Joe no, Byron. So uh, it's 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 four brothers on the panel, right? If if this panel was reversed and that question was asked, would you think would you think the the response would be the same? I take my keys out my pocket. Would you think the response would be the same? Yeah, I I don't think it would be much different. I mean, because I'm I'm in an area where it's mad diverse, so it's there's everything up here. Like I I'm in Jersey, so it's like a very very diverse place. Now, if I was in Detroit and I said that, that would be different because in Detroit it's like a super super um, bliggity 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 black city. So uh, I don't know. It's different if you if you in an area where it's a lot of diversity. But um, I guess if you if we want to take if you want to just make it difficult for the sake of just doing that, let's say we are in an urban city like Detroit and there's this you know. Caucasian, you know, uh, gentleman or young lady and they're a band director and they're moving around the city and going to different schools, but they're effective at the schools they're going to. Um, I mean, the first thing that would come to my mind is like, um, are, you, are you, is this like selfish ambition? You know, like, are you moving because it's like this, like your prerogative to try to say that you did these things? Because I know some band directors who lead like that. They lead with their ego in the front. And they lead with the idea that their ego is more important than everything. You know, like they, I helped these kids. Look what I did. You know what I mean? Look, look, look what I was able to accomplish. You know what I'm saying? And the more times I can do that, it's like conquering. It's like people who can't settle down. You know what I'm saying? It's like they get constantly keep conquering, keep conquering stuff. It's like, yo, chill. Like, you know what I'm saying? But I mean, teach his own. You know what I'm saying? If you are, if you are a school and administrator and you hire somebody who's 
school bouncing like that, then I mean, that's a question that you got to ask yourself. Why did I hire somebody who continues to bounce like that? So you said if it was reversed, so meaning if we was white and the person was black. Oh, the person was black? Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm, it was so many scenarios. I'm just yeah, talking, I, don't no. know. I, I read that wrong, my dude. No, my no, no. The scenario stays the same, but I said the reason why I'm asking that scenario is because if the situation was reversed, would your response be, or would you believe the response would be the same? Right? Because like I originally asked if they if they had a, a good track record, like they've proven growth and they were white. Quan's response was, what they got to do with it? But what I'm asking now is, if all of us were, if the situation was reversed, do you think the, do you think in most cases, because I always know that, because we're not talking about absolutes, right? Because there's no anything that's 100%, right? But it, do you think the response would be the same? No. If, because I've experienced it. And if if I'm correct from what you're saying, if as a black man, I go to an affluent neighborhood or even low socioeconomic area with a white like finance director or whatnot or other, would they treat me the same? No, they didn't. Now, the difference with me was when I came and I auditioned, uh, not auditioned, but interviewed for this position, honestly, I was a highly qualified teacher. I taught at the time, I think maybe seven or eight years already. Uh, they were looking for a guy with a core, drum corps experience. I just had finished uh, working with Luke uh, with Compass. I had it. And the dude literally was like, why you bounced around like that? Not to tell him. I wasn't certified at the time. But you, you can look up. I'm good now. You know what I'm saying? I'm certified. I got my experience. And every school that I went to had growth. And it's crazy because every school that I went to, I started a band program. And they, and they grew. But they was like, nah. Literally, the dude was like, I don't think you prepared for this job. You need to go to a smaller school. That's what he told me. Wow. 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 Reading somebody else's resume while I was asking somebody else the question. So that's that's a live situation. And what's crazy, but God works it out because the next job I interviewed was this one. Amen. So... So and and that that is the reason why I asked that question um, is because I know that and I know experiences are different and, you know, depending on the region and the area that you're at, like Chief said, it, like everything up there is, is rainbow up there. Like everybody's right. Yeah, you got all right. types. Of everybody's represented up this joint, but it is segregated, though. Okay. It's segregated. Like, so that's the thing about Newark City is like you have an area of the city where people who are Caribbean live, people who are. Ecuadorian, Peruvian, Brazilian type of, you know, people, South Americans, you got to pick place where all the black people, regular African-American people live. You have to play where all the Hispanic, you know, Portuguese, you know, I mean, not Portuguese, um, um, Puerto Rican and, and Dominicans and stuff. So they have their sections of the city and they have schools that they go to. Um, but that that is represented there. But I mean, you will see people up here sometimes are looking for black band directors. They're looking for black administrators. They're looking for these things because they want that representation in their school because they don't know how to deal with that population. Mm. And they think that you are like the, you know, like <clears throat> they hire one black guy and like, you know how to fix your people. Go ahead and deal with them. But Real that talk. sucks though. 
It does. Like, like, that, that sucks. God. You become, you become like the, you know what I'm saying? Look, I mean, but, black, but is that. Black kid whisper and shit. Like, like what am, how am I supposed to. <laughs> black kid whisper. But is that any, any, is that any different than a male being hired at a, at a, at a school to be the, the prison guard? Like, I, I use that analogy loosely, but like, Think about it. Like when you, as soon as you are a male teacher, you get hired at a school. All right, you you security, gotta, right? Well, watch some kids. Like, like you know, it, it's you got duty every duty station. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I I would say that that's pretty similar. Like you, you're the token black guy. You're the, yeah. you're the guy who has to to wrangle the chocolate folk. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I also, but just looking from the reverse, the reverse. Um, aspect of it i just find that very interesting um and i like i said i don't think it's a 100 percent thing because i don't think everybody's like that but i think that there is a bunch of situations where that does exist especially in texas because of the fact of the um high standard when it comes to the marching arts i'll go to the marching arts first the high standards and the requirement from the marching arts and the expectation of the fact that there may be the idea that we as a people are un, un, incapable of uh, doing the job. And I just, I find that very interesting, especially when, you know, the there's proven growth. Now, I, I think the problem comes where it's not proven growth in the aspect of what they quote unquote see. It, if that I was going to say that growth from what point, what standpoint? Right. You know, and what I, and what I mean by that, like, are we talking about these kids have no experience and they go from, I didn't play, I didn't know how to put a, you know, a, a reed and a ligature on my mouthpiece, or and I and I learned how to play grade three music, or I went from three to six. You know what I'm saying? Like, it depends on what, what we're referring to in terms of growth, because some people don't understand your plight, so they believe that they're gonna they're gonna compare their top kids to your top kids and don't care what situations you may have been dealing with or what where your kids actually came from. So we're looking at actual growth. The growth is exponentially more in one area. If our kids are anywhere close to the kids who've had private lessons and been working in these type of affluent situations who've had, you know, multiple directors at one school at the same time, pullouts where you can go pull a kid out and you can go work with them for 45 minutes. That's not a thing that you see in most urban inner city schools. So if you have kids that are playing at the level of these kids, that growth level is crazy. But that's what you're talking about, I think, is like where people are looking at your growth has to be, well, this is an all-state audition. Can your kids play it or not? And at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, it should come down to like the ability to do something. But do you know that this kid, you know, do you know what this kid deals with? Do you understand that like the dynamics of what goes behind, what's, what's behind closed doors that they deal with to be able to get to this point? And so some people say it doesn't matter. Results are results. And then other people, you, you know, some things get in the way and it's just reality, regardless if you want to accept it or not. That's part of reality. And urban situations offer challenges. Well, see, I mean, you, you said it, bro. Like the thing about it in Texas, bro, you live and die by UIL. Like that's, yeah. that's the bottom line. Like, yeah. like you live and die by that because to, uh, our counterparts who didn't attend HBCUs or whatnot, that's what that's what that's what's driven. That's their data. You know what I'm saying? That's their standardized test. So that's the first thing they do. 
oh, how, you know, how many times you went to UIL? How many ones do you have? How many divisions, you know, so forth and so on. That's their standard. So for, like I say, a, a band director like you, if you if you had eight kids and all of a sudden you got 32, that's growth. You established and built the program from the ground up. That's growth. If you're affecting your community in a positive manner, that's growth. If you sending your kids to, to school, that's growth. But they looking at that data. They don't they don't they don't give two shits about you took TT from the hood and you you was, you know, blessed her with uh, to go to Norfolk. That's good. Yeah, but, but they, they don't, don't right, and they don't even care about the fact because you go on to HBCU, so they don't even care and they don't even value that point. You like all oh, you need them scholarships to go to y'all schools. I don't care about that. They can't play that well anyway, just like those universities can't because right. they're looking down on some of the educations that you're receiving at these universities. The the crazy thing that, that, that you say that when I interview for that job, I ask that question. I say, How many kids went to uh like to school on scholarship? Now, mind you, this was a title one, two, and three school. I said, how many of these kids went to college? Uh, went to uh college on scholarship. Oh, we didn't have any this year. Like that's what I'm saying. So everything that you're saying, and I think with, with Julian's point, if it's reverse, again, we have to be ten times better. And I know people be like, nah, you know, equality. Nah, it's not, bro. It's not. Not when you sit in them rooms, and even if your fine arts director may may look like you. I, I hate to say it like this, pending the school that he graduated from and like all skin folk ain't kin folk. I'm telling you, it, it, it's different, bro. It's different. Bruh. That's the biggest factor right there. Listen, the they came from, man. Listen, right. Listen, when it comes. Right. So it, it was two points that I was I was going to bring up a completely different point. But it's, 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 it's a point that I just had to bring up because going to TMEA is one of the things where you truly see that because the reality is there is obviously there are black people and people of color who go to predominantly white institutions. Right. But then in this particular realm, it becomes a real odd dissension when we start looking at the HBCU sector versus the uh, PWI sector. It's like, we went to this prestigious school and we are with them. I mean, we look like this, but we with them. We don't do what y'all do. Now, don't get me wrong. Once again, there are outliers. This is not 100%. So let's let's please not sit up here and say that that's the, the idea or the thought that I have. But what I'm saying is that there are these thoughts when it's like it's it's so frustrating to see it's like you walk past them and you'll want it you'll you'll be like hey what's going on bro you know what i'm saying and they be like hey and then they'll go over to the other the, the group of you know the, their white their white counterparts and they'll be hanging with them you know and and like i said I, there's nothing wrong with hanging with white people there's nothing wrong there's nothing wrong with that but when it comes to the conversations that we have amongst each other sometimes it just it just it's really odd to just have be in those spaces sometimes because it just feels really uncomfortable to to have those conversations with them because they're just they're just so disconnected. Um that that was the the first thing that I was going to say. Um and then the second thing that I was going to say was I don't remember because we went off on that tangent and my brain my brain kind of focused on that. But I'm going to remember I'm going to remember what I was going to say, but that that one right there definitely uh something that is always heavy in my mind. 
You got that dad brain. I do, bro. I do. Well, I got I got dad brain, and then I was I've been busy all day, bro. Uh, you know, band director life. Uh, we had we had sectionals this morning. I had to go clinical band, and then I came in, and then yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I, my my brain is 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 on on fifty thousand right now. Yeah, but like, can't remember the last thing I ate, bro. I, <laughs> You know, but but no, man. Um, oh, that that's what I was going to say. So the other thing that I was going to say is this. Based on these these particular situations that we're dealing with or based on the situations that we're actually discussing, does that mean that 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 does that mean that we need to actually make ourselves a lot more available for other opportunities? This is what I mean. Being involved in drum corps going to these conventions and actually getting involved in the dialogues and the conversations and not just using it as a free vacation or a free trip, not going to a clinic, but I'm going to go hang out and do absolutely nothing. Because I think that those are, those are two things that I, that I start to look at being involved and being actively involved in these things but also taking advantage of the opportunities that are that are given to you. We have these conventions and professional developments for us to be better and to get into these spaces and network with one another. And a lot of times what we'll do, not all of us, because that ain't that. I always got to put that out there because somebody going to say, well, it ain't all because I don't do that. But what I'm saying is a lot of times we'll go to these conventions and then we'll get we'll get there. And all right, let's go chill, dog. Let's. They got these sessions going on. I'm, I'm so good. You know what I'm saying? I, I just, I find that very interesting. So, is that a conversation to open the door to say maybe we should actually be more focused on these things? There's this balance. There's a tough balance between. I know what I've heard in some of the conventional convention spaces. It's like um, when you know that the whole state is is going to be like the voices that are in these conventions are going to be represented by people who have similar like similar type of backgrounds and and their schooling and every experience is going to be similar we, we get the we get the the thing where if you don't say something nobody knows it's a problem but then you, you say something and if you say it just one too many times now you become a complainer and people label you as oh see look they just complain you ain't really looking for a solution you just want to complain but like um nah you just want people to understand that your plight creates different you know, experiences for you and it creates uh, challenges that you have to, you know, go through, not as an excuse, but as a reason why it takes you longer to get to your journey. Not that you can't do it. It just takes you a little longer to get to that spot because of these issues. And so when you I think when you get on the state level and um, Texas is so large and there's so many different like places like and things represented. So TMEA to me is like it's like larger than Midwest damn near like it's like TMEA is like just crazy grand it's like it's so many people yeah, in music all around you said what i said yeah it's close it's one of the largest in the country yeah like i better say i think tmea is probably the closest thing to midwest people go to tme like they go to midwest so it's like it's mm -hmm. big time so every every state isn't like that though so for let me give you an example we have music um like our music state music conferences and stuff none of the band directors in newark none of the band directors in newark even know when it is 
even know when stuff is like no they don't they don't reach out nobody in our district tells us there's no information provided you got to like go and search for stuff and find it yourself and there's no one giving you that so it's like um yeah is that is that an excuse not to do this and no it's just a reason why people may miss stuff or may you may not know what's going on or maybe out of the loop so i don't believe in making excuses i just it just may take a little longer and, and that conversation, yeah, has to be opened up. But people, when they go to convention and they feel like they're having um, sessions that don't apply to them, they'll be like, yeah, you know, when you have this situation, you can just depend on your the, the other band director to come in and help you. Like, the other band director? It's me, bro. It's me, me, Dolo. But then they, they have different situations. Well, just depend on the on the band, uh, on the on the, you know, the boosters to be able to support this and, and, and talk to your administrators where they can do this. Like, uh, yeah, you could just ask your school to get you a new timpani and fundraise and sell these oranges and you can do like oranges for a timpani. That's, that's a lot of oranges. You know? <laughs> so I'm just saying now certain things feel like that's why people come in it with the, almost like they're narcissists. Like they, I'm mean, not narcissist. They're like, they, they come in as cynical. They're like, man, this shit ain't for me. Let's go get something to drink. And yeah. that's, that's the vibe. Even though those events can actually be helpful because the voices in that room are rooms are needed. That's true. I don't I don't disagree with that. I mean, as a person who's been going to TMEA for the last 10 years, all them oranges. Uh, like as a person <laughs> <laughs> as a person who's been going to TMEA for the last 10 years, I will definitely say my first two to three years of going to TMEA, I felt very impacted to go to a lot of the sessions. Uh, as I started getting more and more into it, I realized it was a lot of the same sessions over and over again or sessions that ne didn't necessarily apply to my specific situation. Um, now, that didn't mean I didn't go to the sessions, but I did. I did. You know, I went to a lot of uh, a f I went to fewer of them than I typically would because a lot of them didn't apply. Whereas this year. I felt like a lot of the sessions that they they provided this year were spot on for a lot of people. So, I, I mean, I, I definitely agree with what you're saying. A lot of people feel like a lot of those things don't apply. Um, so that is something that people should look into. But also there there is also that 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 sector of folks who just like, yo. I needed this break, dog. You know what I'm saying? Right. Let's go get this drink. Like, <laughs> I needed Register, to get out of this classroom. Right. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Let's keep it moving, man. If you just Derek, would you want in, to say something? I, I was going to. My bad, it. Derek. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. Look, look, I had a question, man, because you brought up something earlier about, you know, getting involved like with like DCI and stuff like that. But for like, say somebody like me, I have no experience whatsoever in DCI. I have no connections to DCI. How would somebody like me get invited to the area like that? I, and what can I contribute other than the musical knowledge that I know in my realm of music, you know, and I, I think a lot of other band directors feel that same way. You know, it's kind of like, it's not our space. We don't have any knowledge of it. We don't have any connection to it. You know, it's foreign to us. So I'm a, I'm a, I know Quan wanted to say something, but I, I'm a, I'm a use this phrase in which uh, some people will understand and some people won't uh, to be one, ask one. You feel me? Okay. I mean, that's, that is the easiest way. Yeah, there you go. There, you there go. we go. We are. Hey, there you go. go. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, but, yeah. Ah, but no. Uh, 
<laughs> but no, I mean that's that is that is really the easiest way uh to really kind of get involved. Um and the reason why I say that is because every first of all, you gotta be you gotta be involved in the circuit, you know. You have to be you gotta watch go to the shows and and be at least if not subscribe to flow marching. You gotta at least know what flow marching is and and you know, look at some of these cores, some of these open class cores, some of these world class cores, some of these um um golly, I can't even think of the name right now. Uh uh God, dang. and things, yeah. Yeah, but look at all of those things because what happens is in most cases, not not necessarily the world class cores, but a lot of those open class cores are always looking or looking for new staff. And usually when the summer ends just send your resume. That's usually what happens. You send your resume when they're looking for a new staff person, and that's how you get involved. You get involved with an open class core. Now, typically what they're going to do is they're going to bring you on and they're going to try you out and see, can you teach? Are you able to teach? And if you are able to get in front of that horn line and you're able to teach them and you're able to give them the knowledge, then you will be brought on. And if not, you know, Nice try. Better luck next time. But my suggestion to you, and this goes for anybody, if if anybody's out there who's looking to get into the activity, if you're if you've aged out already, go to the lots. Go to go to performances, go to shows and go sit in the lots and listen to the information that's being given. You can pick up a lot of information just by sitting in the lots. Um and then, like I said, just be a master teacher. Know your craft. Know your instrument. Understand the pedagogy of your instrument and being able to teach the idiosyncrasies of your instrument. If you if if you can do that and are able to teach the kids and, and understanding how, you know, certain things work on your instrument, send your resume in. The second thing is, you know, people you you are connected to myself. You are connected to Rick. You can ask, like, hey, y'all got X, Y, and Z going on? You know anybody who's looking for a staff? I mean, that's why I say, to be one, ask one. The only way that Quan got involved is because I was involved. You know how I got involved? Because Rick was involved. Because I never marched. I wanted to, but I never marched. But I got involved because Rick got me involved. So, you know, it's, it's – I will tell you this. Drum Corps is, is, a, is a fraternity. It really is. It is a very tight knit fraternity. I've heard, <laughs> um, and and one that I've I've been very happy and proud to be indoctrinated into, um, you know. But if you can, if you get in, and you do well, you're part of the group. You know, um, I've had plenty of people who've come to me and be like, "Hey, what? When you who you march for?" I'm like, "I didn't march, but I tech for blase, blase, blase." Oh, all right, dope, cool. All right. How long did you take for it? What year? You know, and then we get into what's your favorite show? Who's your favorite core? Mm-hmm. And then we start having those conversations. So, you know, it is what it is, man. You just to be one, ask one and be very knowledgeable on, on your craft. I only thing I want to say, Julian, like you said, uh, to add to Derek's question was, uh, do we need to be involved in it? In all actuality, we do. I mean, Many people may not agree, but you do. The reality of it is this: to truly receive the the, the type of payment 
that we want to have in without some of the issues that we're dealing with in urban areas, like just put it out there. And if you want to deal with some of your 6A schools that have band boosters, some of the things that uh, Mario was saying earlier, and you want to get into that, that arena, you're going to have to know what you're talking about. You're going to have to have that core experience. And the reality is we have to be more marketable than them because most of them went to their universities and they're going to pick up their people from their universities first. That's just, that's just, that's just the fact of what it is. And, and, and I know he got to talk to somebody, but I want to close out on this. (laughs) I want to close out on this too. And this is, this is real. This is real rap. Some of my best teaching came from me teaching drum corps. I learned more. I learned more teaching drum corps than I learned in undergrad. And that's real talk. So there you go. All right, let's keep it rolling, man, because, you know, we got we to gotta keep it moving. We got a lot of people. So let's do this. Welcome, everybody, to Talk That Talk, where we have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more as soon as you come in. Hey, man, let's get these likes up. Let's get these likes up. I want the number of likes to match the number of viewers that we have right now, so let's get these likes up. Go ahead and click that like button. It ain't hard to do, all right? Also, please make sure you make sure you subscribe to the network and turn on notifications. Also, you can listen to us on your favorite podcast network. Find us at Real Talk That Talk. All right, let's keep it rolling. Yeah, I just got that from you, bro. Yeah, yeah, family. Um, I got to pull off. Got to get some um work done. Got our parent conferences tomorrow morning, so we got to get some more stuff done. Ooh. Yeah, so all day tomorrow we got. Early dismissal, so I'll be working until eight o'clock then uh, tomorrow night. On the hey, clock. everybody got either early dismissal or parent conference coming up. Good luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Got it. You got, yeah, we, we got it. Got it tomorrow. We got so early dismissal. To go. Yeah, we got early dismissal on Friday. Nice. That's the best yeah. day to have it. All right. But I see y'all, family man. Y'all have a good time tonight, man. Um, All right, bro. I'll catch the. I'll catch the. Um, you know the show wrap. Word. Word. All, All right. right. All right, bro. Peace. All right, let's go. Let's get into the next topic. Good lord, I got all my face in there. All right, let's get to the next topic. We're still talking band directors here. Should we reevaluate? No, well, let me let me let me back this up a little bit. There have been many, many, many situations where too many band directors have been caught up. Caught up with them chilling. All right. And not even on the secondary level, but also on a university level. All right. So the question on the floor is, should we reevaluate the student band director relationship? Should we reevaluate the student band director relationship? Derek. I don't think we should reevaluate it. I just think some people need to know what a boundary is, man. Um, You know, you come into this field knowing that your whole duty is to work with students. You know, people that are younger, they're going to look up to you, have this this power over them, man. You know, and, and when you got band directors, not even, I don't even call it a relationship, taking advantage of your students, man, that's wrong. I don't think we need to reevaluate our relationships, though, because it's important as band directors to have relationships with these students, you know. Now, they shouldn't be obviously to the level that you're speaking of or nowhere close. You shouldn't even be able to, you know, interpret that way, man. Um, but look, like the comment just said, you know, 
we got it. We have to be able to create these professional boundaries between the students and, and the band director, man. But I think that's just a personal thing, man. They always told me it's like when a band director get fired, it's one or two things: it's either money or it's students. You know. So I mean, I don't know, man. I, like I said, I've heard it plenty of times. You know, I've seen it, but I, I don't know. I guess some folk can't help themselves, man. I, don't, I, I can't relate, man. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, I ain't gonna. I, this question isn't is is not if you can relate. I hope no, you I can know relate. that. I'm just saying, I just you. I don't know where we need to take you off this panel if you can relate. Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need that energy. No, I don't know, man. I can I. I I mean, don't get me wrong, but when I got to go, I got to go. If I need to shit where I work, what am I supposed to do? Just keep holding it? <laughs> I mean, God dang. <laughs> be hey, back, man, bowels, trip, man. <laughs> your bowels be backed up. Yeah, I don't be I, I don't be I don't be dropping guts where I work. I can tell you that right now. Unless it's just detrimental. I'll be holding that in. That'd be I'll be gurgling all day. All right, Quan, <laughs> should we reevaluate <laughs> the student band director relationship? I don't I don't think we should reevaluate it. I think uh I think at the end of the day, bro, it's like you gotta look at it from the place of is that shit worth it? And I don't give a damn what nobody say, is it worth it? I never forget, like, you know, we bring up a lot of things on the show. We, you know, we talk about, you know, makeshift haze and all that. Is that shit worth it? Is that worth your six-figure job? Is that worth your, you know, your reputation? Is that worth you may not being able to get another position. Nah, bro. Um, I saw that question too. What about the directors who would date the parents of a student? I wasn't I wasn't even thinking about that. I was thinking about what you said. Well, is it worth it? No, I'm thinking about what how many band directors out there got six figure jobs? I'm I'm just saying, like the ones oh, that do. okay. Yeah. All right, very minimal. Yeah, <laughs> but but I'm just saying, like, is it is it is it worth your livelihood? Nah, bro. Like, nah, bro. It uh, uh you don't have to reevaluate it, but that because the thing about it is, the kids gonna talk. I don't, I don't give a damn how, <laughs> of how, how how cold you think your stroke game is, bro. They gonna talk because it's a power thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, so nah, that shit ain't worth it, bro. Ain't ain't, ain't none of that worth it. So. Let's 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 look at it this way though. If I'm at a university, the girl's 19 or the guy's 20. So that director may thinking may be thinking. I'm saying if you have a like a female band director or a female assistant band director messing with a a guy. Good lord. Anyway, my point that I'm trying to make. I saw your face when I said that, Quan. It's 2022. It's 2022. I don't. That's true. That's absolutely true. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So uh, so with that being said, I'm just saying their mindset is, well, they adult. So, I mean, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, does that absolve that director from the act it, itself? It's still, you know, look, look, you don't need to. Y'all watch Power? No, nah, I'm good. No, nah, it, well, look, look, it was a teacher in there that was sleeping with a student. It's still against the student code of conduct. It's still against the, the the your conduct, man. You know, you have that certain power. No matter what grade level you're in, you have that certain power over them. Now, when they graduate from college and you no longer are their supervisor, their teacher, their director, whatever you want to call it, I mean, that's that's 
you know, that's the semantics and all that. But while they're still in school, as a student of yours, I it's just not right, you know. Even for the parent, like I saw the question about the parent too. They're an adult, but think about the psychological damage, you know, you may do to the student if the band finds out. I know how, you know what I'm saying? My my band students, they found out uh, uh, you're talking to somebody's parent, it's over for you every day. <laughs> every day. It's just a wrap. You know what uh, I mean? Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know about the parent, bro. Like, look, look, look. Now, if you keep stuff on the low, that's a whole other thing with the parent. I ain't saying it's wrong, but I'm saying you got to think about the risk that it's going to take for that kid. You know, that's all. I don't Hey, look. Listen, I understand that kid's feelings and all that kind of stuff. Oh, you said. But if the yams is talking about something, I'm getting the yams, dog. I mean it, and because it's not a, it's not against policy, bro. You know, it's not. If, it's not. It's if, a moral if, thing for for me. For me, let me say that. No, I get it. Yeah. I get. I, I mean, I'm not saying that I would do it because I'm good and married. But I'm just saying, got to got to put that out there. <laughs> but but what I'm saying is, you know. If I'm, <laughs> uh, what I'm saying, I was looking at the chat. My bad. Uh, but what I'm saying is, if I'm, if if I was a university band director and Mama come and drop her child off, and Mama looking quite right, you know, what I'm saying, hey, you know, hey, it's I'm Mama. Just... It ain't it ain't the kid. You know what I'm saying? So. I don't know, man. I, I I don't know about the the parent and the and the and the uh, student. I mean, even if we're talking about it at a secondary situation, I've I've known uh, some some band directors to actually be involved with parents and even get married. Um, well, I know a lot to those parents. Yeah, I, I know a lot of them, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's about how how secret you can keep that relationship for the second student. Because once the once the thing is out, man, it's, like I said, it's a wrap. That's why Mr. Sutton says was clapping your mama cheeks last night. Like, it's a wrap. They, I, I promise you, it's going to happen. <laughs> so. I mean, oh, go ahead, Quan. No, nah, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying. So, for the original question, I think we all agree. No, when it comes to the, to the, to the parent, but at the end of the day, I wouldn't talk to that parent. Nah, I ain't in this situation either. But my whole thing is, <laughs> my whole thing is, at the end of the day, the reality is. I think somebody said it's about professionalism, bro. Like your name, like think about it. We we operate as public figures. You're one. Let's be real. You're one lie away from getting your job taken. Like a lie, like a, a, a parent, a student could lie on you and you could lose your stuff just by merely on that. Bro, you got to keep your hands clean, bro. You got to keep your hands clean. So now. I wouldn't I wouldn't talk to the mama. I wouldn't talk to the student. Because if you're talking to the mama while the student go there, th- let that parent, y'all laying up in the bed talking about, you know, uh, you know, Cynthia, she needs some scholarship money. I don't know. Like, nah, bro. Hey, look. <laughs> mama, mama pulling this, what's her name? Sally Fields on Forrest Gump. I'm telling you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's just five measly points. <laughs> hey, look, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it can be used as a disadvantage. I don't know. I, 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 I get what you're saying, and I don't disagree with you. Yes, there is, there is the professionalism on that, but there's, I just think there's the other side of those are two consenting adults at the end of the day. I, I, I get it. I, I do get the idea and the understanding of the professionalism. 
Uh, and and even Derek, I even get your point. You know what I'm saying? Like them kids is go probably probably it's tear right. tear them boys to pieces. Right. But 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 there could be another side to that. There could be the side of where the students like really really like the band director, and some kids are like, man, I can't believe you know what I'm saying like you yo you know Mr. Da 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 is like yeah, messing yeah. with your moms like that's dope, man. You know. I wish he was my daddy, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you never know. It could be two sides. Yeah, it could be like that, you know. It could. It could. I don't see it. I'm going to say my school, I don't know about that. They're going to fry you up. But, uh, I mean, it's still respected, but, you know, the jokes is coming. Um, I mean, I mean, jokes is coming in either way. You know, a kid can walk in with some fresh Jordans on. They'll find a joke for it. Those ain't Jordans. Those is Fordans. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? The kids will find anything. (laughs) Air Gordon. (laughs) all right man let's keep it moving that was that that was a quick one all right if you just tuned in man (laughs) air courts i'm sorry if you just tuned in man welcome everybody to talk that talk we have the unfiltered unscripted uncomfortable conversations about band hbcu band culture music music education and more go ahead and please make sure you hit that like button let's get these likes up man let's go ahead and make these likes Match the number of viewers that we have. Also, please make sure that you subscribe to the channel and turn on notifications. Man, I, I won't be honest with you, man. I've been I've been slacking within the last week uh, with with getting content loaded, man. I I got a lot of our subscribers, man. As soon as I upload something, they like right on it, and I've been real phony, man, because uh, we had TMEA last week, and then uh, I was I was also kind of not feeling well too, uh, so. Uh, I kind of had to just kind of chill out for a second, but don't worry, family, uh, all my family, everybody out there, all the, all the supporters out there, uh, I'm going to get back to uploading the content. Um, and also the merch, we got to, uh, put some new merch in. So that's coming very soon. Uh, make sure you get your merch. We'll talk about that at the end of the show, man, pick up your merch. Uh, and you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into all the rest of the stuff, but also please make sure you go to any of, any of your favorite podcast networks and uh, type in Real Talk That Talk and you can get us right there on your favorite podcast. Uh, I'm going to, we're going to do this last topic right here and then I'm going to open up the room so that you can come in and call in with us. All right. So here's the last one. Last topic of the night. Is it possible for band directors to become too powerful? Is it possible for band directors to become too powerful Quan. to do what Too just powerful. in general so let me let me give you a scenario think about mr, mr. thornton mm-hmm. like and i'm not gonna say he used it in a, in a negative manner so i'm not i'm not saying that at all but real talk mr thorn could do no wrong like mr thorn can go could have kind of did anything he could have he could have walked in the principal's office and, sh- and showed his butt cheeks and walked out and he would have been straight because he was Thornton, right? Like everybody knew that, and I think you were at the table when we had this conversation uh, and in San Antonio. Like everybody knew Mr. Thornton ran that district. Like things didn't happen unless it went through Mr. Thornton first. Right. And then when he passed away, then the district just kind of like, all right, we good, we gonna chop this district up but when he was alive it was tight you know so that's what i mean by that like being on that particular level and and even using it 
for I guess you want to say not good using it using it for bad intentions. So that's my thoughts. All right. So is it possible for band directors to be too powerful? Uh, in today in today's time, I, I don't I don't even think that's that's even possible, bro. Uh, and because if that was the case, some of these feeder programs would be ten times better than what they should be now. You know, that's from the good aspect. Um, and so I can't answer the the from the bad aspect because I don't I don't like to hang around you know people with those you know mentalities that's trying to do evil or harm to even if it's not just towards the kids but just the namesake of being a band director. But I don't think in today's world, bro, a band director could be too powerful for anything. Now, on a collegiate level, that may be something different. I don't know. Maybe he has more pool in the music department than others. I don't know. Maybe he can pull more, you know, scholarship money, you know, for his students uh, from the financial aid department or, or, you know, through the budget with the administrators. If so, that's what's up. But I don't I don't I don't think that band directors have that much authority. Not in today's world. I think the people that are more powerful now in today's world are the actual students. I was going to say, that's a fact, man. I, I, I was thinking the same exact thing. I think it's too many eyes on a teacher or band director right now for them to have the same kind of clout that they were before. Um, there was a show, it was, it was short-lived um, on BET called uh, The Quad. I don't know if y'all caught a little bit of that. Um, yeah, it was kind of phony, though. Yeah, it was, it was real phony. But they highlighted how, which was crazy to me, the band director, out, out of all people they could have done, the band director would run the campus. Anything that he wanted done was getting done. You know, it, it, it was so much that the, the president of the university would not second-guess him. You know, you have students complaining to him, to the president about the band director, sweep it under the rug you know but band directors like that cannot survive in this day and time um you know the student like you said the students know their rights you know they're not they don't have that all-powerful reign over the students like they used to before they don't have that all-powerful reign over the university like they do they know that they can be replaced now you know if you do something wrong somebody's gonna call you out it's gonna be recorded or something like that it's too many eyes on on somebody now to have that much power. Now it may be a few little straggly collegiate band directors out here that might still have that clout because they've been in the game for 30, 40, 50 years, something like that. But I don't think that's happening. I don't think anybody is, is above reproach at this time. What do you think? <clears throat> because both of you guys pretty basically had the same answer. What do you think was the, the catalyst for those particular types of things happening? Because obviously there must have been a time where there was that kind of power. So what do you think was the thing that kind of changed that? I think it was Robert Champion, man, for Bandrex specifically. Um, man, because family, you got to think about uh, Julian White was, mind not, not that he was doing wrong, but he was untouchable, untalkable uh, until, you know, that whole situation happened which unfortunately was under his supervision, even though it's kind of like, I'm he can't be around 300 people at the same time, you know? Um, but when he got fired, man, I think a lot of other people got on notice after that. That's like, for my generation, that's the first major band director I've ever seen get fired, you know? 
Um, and granted, that is an extreme case of why it happened, but I think a lot more people got on notice than there's a few other cases that I've seen long-term band directors get fired. I'm not talking about like retired, I'm talking about get fired because of student situations or um, overstepping their boundaries. Like I said, my main two reasons, money and students. I think money is one of the things that come into when a banner thinks they're too powerful. You know, they start getting funny with the money and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, I think it was that Robert Champion thing in the last 10 years. So that's my opinion. I think uh, I think social media. I, I think that's that's what I think that's what would honestly pushed a lot of people out. I think social media, bro. Like you got to realize, school has turned to corporations. School is big business. What's the number one rule of all businesses? Protect the brand. So one person, as soon as it's an inkling that that person has is destroying the quote unquote character of that brand to where other vendors and sponsors and partnerships can be taken away i'm gonna remove you like everybody's expendable think about it a few years ago the owner of the clippers was removed because his side piece had a recording of him saying racist things like the nba was like I'm pretty sure them owners, NFL as NBA, they possibly have all type of racist conversations. But when it comes down to the vendors, they was like, who pulling out? Yeah, well, we got to get rid of him. And that's that's the bottom line of it all, bro. It's Social media has turned it where, quote unquote, locker room talk can be publicized at the click of a button. And when it costs you money, you'll get rid of that person. And that's just the bottom line for anything, any school district, any company, any corporation, any business, whatever the case may be. Like when it boils down to it, that's what it is, bro. Social media. Okay. And uh, I, I will say, I, I don't, I kind of don't disagree with you, Quan. Um, and I mean, I know it was a, on a completely different level of the example that you gave. Mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, I, 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 I think sometimes the best situation to pull up sometimes is Southern, because we all know that they're, they're a brand, <clears throat> whether we want to realize it or not, but like they say, nobody is above the brand. Mm -hmm. And so I look at the Hamer situation, you know, Hamer was on top of the world and we see how that turned out. Um, you know, so I, 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 that's why I say I can agree with you on certain situations. Like I said, his, his situation is, is definitely a little bit more extreme because of the, the, the severity behind the situation, but with, but even still, um, it just kind of shows that just because you build in the brand and you got a hell of a brand and, and you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that you, you gonna stay there for long. You know, like you said, they're expendable. All right. Every, at the end of the day, everybody expendable, bro. It's unfortunate, but everybody is. True. So. All right. Let's go ahead and uh let's welcome brother Chuck to the room. How's it going, brother? Hey, what's going on? Can you guys hear me? What's up, Doctor? Yeah, we can hear you. Hey, what up, what up, what up? All right, what you got for us, bro? 
No, nah, man, I just want to check in. You know, it's been a minute. Um, I know y'all had TMEA and, you know, we got all our conferences and stuff like that going on. Everybody getting ready for, uh, you know, festivals uh, here in Georgia. You know, LGPE, that's what they call it. It's right around the corner. You know, we got our pre-festival next week and uh, then the, the real deal a week or so after that. But, um, yeah, I, how was TMEA? I just wanted to ask. TMEA was dope, man. Uh, everything about it was dope. Um for me, this was probably one of the more stressful TMEAs I had because I had so much to do. Uh, for those who don't know, <clears throat> I I uh, was a uh, social social justice chair for NAFME Texas, um, and so um, we we had meeting on Wednesday. So that you know that was really the day when I got in. But we had a meeting on Wednesday, and then uh, we had our band division meeting on. Uh, Thursday and then I had to go do the introduction for brother Kevin Kevin Jones on that same day and then on Friday was like completely crazy as hell um we had a we had region meeting that day and then we have we had a six I think six or seven all staters um and so uh it's tradition in my district where we take our all staters to dinner and so um, we took our All-Staters and, and we treated them to dinner. And then we had the UT performance that night, University of Texas uh, performance that night. So it, it was just a crazy, it was, it was, I was extremely busy, but I got to network with a couple of people, uh, got some contact information from, from a lot of people and, you know, got a chance to, to see some good, good folks as well. Got some great information. The Cavaliers gave a session, uh, which was pretty dope. Uh, it was good to be able to to have that information from them, and and you know, yeah, man, it was it was really dope. It was really dope, and I got to see my good friend Latoya Webb, or let me call it call her by by name, Doctor Latoya <laughs> Webb. Uh, mm -hmm. so, and I hadn't seen her in years, and uh, yeah, man, it was it was awesome. That's dope. Yeah, it's definitely on my bucket list. Um, you know, I've been to Midwest a bunch of times, and uh, definitely want to get the TMEA and uh, and PASIC as well too. Um, Definitely want to go there. And and I encourage folks that are not, I have a little percussion background, but um, for, you know, band directors that are not, you know, that's not their, uh, their cup of tea per se to go, you know, um, because there's a lot of, a uh, lot of great opportunities there, but that's cool. But um, what was, what was the topic? It slipped out of my head. I'm sorry. I'm multitasking. What was the topic right before this one, before the too powerful? Let me see. Got to go back. Uh, should we reevaluate the student band director relationship? Right, right. That's what I wanted to talk about. Um, you know, I, I think um, I've always like I think about all of my teachers, and it's crazy. Like, um, bro, you said something a couple weeks ago. I think the last time you were on, and you were saying how you were reaching out. I think to your middle school director, you know, um, and, and just kind of letting them know. Or no, you were talking about a teacher that impacted you, you know, on a major level. Um, and I'm in the process of trying to find my middle school band director. You know, her name is Miss Evans. And I called the district to see, you know, uh, where um, I went to middle school to try to find this individual just to let them know that, hey, I'm teaching music now, you know, and, and you started started it. And so anyways, um, I've always known where the line is drawn um, in terms of my teachers, my coaches, my mentors, um, and, and some of them, like, 
like I'm really close to a lot of my band directors and mentors. And I think it's because, um, and I know as a teacher as well, if I feel that that student um, understands that line and that level of respect, you know, then sometimes you may open up a little bit more, um, you know, to that student because you, you understand that they, they, they respect you as a person first off. And, and, and I know that I'm really, really close um, to, like I said, all of my mentors and my band directors, the ones that are still living. And because I, you know, I, I never overstepped the boundaries, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll, um, you know, hear of stories and out and I don't know, like, I couldn't imagine any of my students maybe going that far or saying something or, or even, I don't know. I know when my band directors came in the band room, you could hear a pin drop, you know, it was just that level of respect. And, and my students know that before I hit the podium, they're individually warmed up tuned, their sections tuned. And when I hit the podium, we're starting rehearsal. We're not starting practice. You know, it's an expectation there. And 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 I have always kind of led in that way. And, and I don't do it because we, we, we've all had different band directors and we know some of them, especially the old school ones, they got that respect. But sometimes it was like out of fear. You know, my high school band director, if you were out of line, he might pick you up and shake you. You know, he's going to put you out of rehearsal physically because that's just how things work. Um, but we can't lead in that way anymore. You know, I think those type of band directors or mentors or teachers, even we're seeing it on the athletic side. We're seeing more and more coaches get the boot, you know, for even, you know, talking wrong. I think there was there was something on Sports Center uh, uh, a couple weeks ago of, of you know, um, showing this coach just going at it. To this kid and uh you know he got in trouble got reprimanded you know it was a bas it was a basketball coach yeah right? i think it was something like yeah, that yeah i saw that yeah I saw and that. um you know and so i i think that um you know i i know for me i try to operate in a way that there's sternness but i let my students know that hey i make mistakes as well too i'm a human um and there's a mutual respect you know, if I if they're going to ask me a question, I'm going to try to be attentive and answer that just as if, you know, um, they had a question for me or, or vice versa. I, I, you know, I just try to do that. So I think like sometimes where band directors get in trouble or even coaches as well, too, that line is blurred. It's not understood that you're the teacher or you're the mentor. It's like we're the buddy or the friend. And and, and I think that's where things can get um, can get real. Um, you know, like I said, we're real iffy because, again, they're still children. They're still learning. They're still trying to grow. Their brain is not fully developed. And some of them talk to their parents as if they were their friends. And so what makes you think this person, you're not related to that person. Of course, you're with them probably more than their parent. But if things get down to it and it's a real crazy situation, that student's going to lash out because that, you know, what I'm saying that level of respect is not there. And so. Um, you know, for an example, I know I know uh, one of my band directors, my mentor, Dr. Ruff, that's at uh, A&T, he used to have a tape from his desk to like a certain part of his office, and you could not cross that tape. He didn't care who you were. And that was because of, you know, FERPA and, 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 and you know, and, and different rules and things like that, you know, because uh, sometimes students won't realize they you can't just look at somebody's computer screen. Or look at somebody's phone or stuff like that, you know, and, and, and I know a lot of professionals put things in their office, you know, so, um, 
that 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 can't be seen because I mean it's a lot of sensitive information. That stuff will get you fired quick, fast, in a hurry. You know, y'all were talking about don't mess with money, don't mess with kids, and you know, uh, don't look at stuff that's none of your business. You know, mind the business that pays you. And so I, I think again, those lines get blurred. Now you can be personable with your students, and I think that's important. Um, I was telling my students today, um, and and I spent the entire day teaching today, not from the podium. I picked my instrument up and sat in with my kids. You know, we had practice and I was just a student. All right, we're going to play this again. Play, you know, minimum instruction, but, you know, letting them know, hey, I'm a musician or I'm a band student as well, too. And and so stepping off the podium and having those uh, personal things. I know for me as a student, I loved it. Like when I used to see uh, Dr. Ruff get on the field and teach drill, like right in the middle of the field. I loved it. I love seeing uh, my professor up there. Uh, shoot, I love other watching other directors do that. Um, you know, uh, Dr. Zachary at Midwest years ago, I was uh, walking one of the, uh, you know, in the exhibit hall and I heard this trumpet player going ham. And I was like, I didn't see who that was. And it was him <laughs> trying out some, you know, trying out some horns, you know. And so that inspires me is seeing, um, you know, band directors do that. And so um, I think that relationship and in terms of drawing that line can be done not only not only being like an authoritative figure, but also letting your students know that you you're a musician, you're a band, you were a band student, too. You know, Thanks. Um, I think it helps with that. so there there's there's two things I was going to say. Um, when I got my master's degree, um, one of the things that Dr. Eric Allen told me that I never re really thought about that I, I kind of was doing anyway, but I make it more deliberate now. Right. He's like, he said, you got to get out of your cockpit. You know, you, you, when we get on the podium, we have our, our harmony director here and we got our Dr. Beat over here and we got our McAdams tuner over here and we're just doing everything from there. Right. But he was like, sometimes you got to get out of your cockpit and you got to actually move around and you got to be more personable, engage with the student because that's what builds the relationship because they like seeing that. Um, and so when he told me that, and when he told that to, to the class, uh, I made it like I had kind of, I was kind of already doing that anyway. But I made it my personal mission to make sure that I did it uh, a lot more. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I built better relationships and connections with my students. The other thing I was going to say is, bruh, listen, find your your band director uh, and let them know, man. I, yeah. I found I was blessed to be able to go back to my band director. She had she was still teaching at Welch Middle School wow. uh, in Houston, Texas. Uh shoot what years is 2022 uh so nine years ago uh she recently retired within the last three years but i was blessed to go back to her and i went up to the school and i told her thank you and i apologized to her linda stiegler i will never forget it. i apologized to her for being such an asshole in class uh because i if anybody knows me i am a smart ass by nature that's just <laughs> that's just who i am uh, I, I've, I've tried to fight it, but I, you know, it's just, it's just taking me over. Uh, and, and I wasn't like a bad kid, but I was definitely a smart ass. Uh, and so I apologized to her because I had, uh, well, no, this wasn't nine years ago. It was 11 years ago. Uh, but I had, I was in my second year of teaching and I realized 
what it was like to teach a middle school kid. And uh, I said, look, I am so sorry for any hell that I ever gave you. Uh, and then, And then after that happened, I actually happened to run into her the next year at TMEA. Mm. And um, when I saw her, I, you know, I, I, I had a great conversation with her and I told her I, I wanted to, you know, eventually get back to the university level and all of that. And uh, she said, look, if you do that, I, I'm going to support you. I think it's a great thing, but you need to stay at secondary because those kids need you. They need a, they need a director like you uh, to, to, you know, be able to give back to them. And so it was amazing because during that conversation, I said, uh, we played we played the Red Balloon my eighth grade year by Ann McGinty. Mm-hmm. And so I told her, I said, hey, wow, uh, I'm having my kids play the Red Balloon um, by Ann McGinty. And she said, oh, yeah, I remember that. Lord and behold, I want to say maybe two months later in my they the in my uh mailbox at the school is Ann McGinty, the red balloon, the same one that we played. And wow. I'm going through the music and I'm finding like people's names that I remember being in band mm. with that had wrote on the music. So it was definitely a, a very, very uh comforting experience. I, like I said, bro, find find that director and make that I'm, I'm I'm definitely gonna do it, man. And I got when you say that it made me think of something. And I gotta add I got a question for 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 Juan for a second. Um was your high school band director or middle school director were they a percussionist? Uh no my my high school band director uh is named Gerald Anderson mm-hmm. he was a saxophone player right um, but my my percussion instructor that handed me my first pair of sticks was uh, Calvin Barry. He's the drum instructor at Jackson State. Okay, so I want to ask, like, how many times did your band director, being a, a wind player, come back there and actually like play with you guys? <laughs> uh, he did the reading part, like when uh-huh. the beginning level, but he wasn't back there. Like, it was kind of like this, you know? Right, right, was, right, right. He was like that, and I was like. I understand. This is like he was like, it's a five stroke, uh, you know. <laughs> all of it. I was like, okay, right. you try, you know. But right, yeah, yeah. I, and, I, and I try to like, and I say that because like we, and, and I remember reading something and just saying how like we we won't venture back there, you know, as much as, as wind players. And and like I said, I have a small percussion background, played the drum line in high school, and I, you know, I try to go back there. Because I, I feel bad sometimes. A lot of times they're neglected. You know, they're neglected yeah. big time. And and um, I, I think it's important for us to go back there and see it. My high school band director would pick up anything in the band room. That's why, you know, I try to play as much as I can, you know, um, because I remember him like, no, this is how you do it, son. And then showing me, you know, and that like clicked for me. And so, but but it's hard because... Um, I'm sure a lot of us play various instruments in class with our kids. Um, and there's some that we gravitate to more than others. Like my flutes and clarinets. I was like, Mr. Connor, we don't ever see you with a flute and clarinet. So I was like, I promise you, you're going to see more of it. I just don't play it that much. But I, I go back there with them and, and, and you just see them get inspired. But then again, they want to switch. Like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. You're like, well, hold on. <laughs> we got to get really good at this one first. Before we could, you know, say venture around, but you know, I, I wanted to ask that. Um, but what was that song that hooked you in middle school, 
or maybe high school? What was the song that hooked you that your teacher passed out? Because when you said that uh, for a second ago, I thought about my middle school director and I'm showing my age. This is when Under the Sea came out from The Little Mermaid, right? And that joint had some like uh, some uh, steel drums in it, you know, and played on the malice. Oh man, I was hooked. I was like, man, this joint is hot. I didn't know we could play this stuff, you know. And, and then I got to be honest, in high school, it was it, I was on the football team, and I walked down the hallway and heard the band practicing after school, and they were playing "Lo and Behold" neck. You know, and and I was, and I knew the song, I knew the original song, and I was just like, "Oh man, this is dope!" Like our band does this, you know. And after that season, I hung up the pads. <laughs> it was on the field the next year, you know. So, what was that song that hooked you guys early that you know um, inspired you to keep playing? Was it one or a couple or a show or something? Uh, uh for me, uh, <laughs> it's funny. So for. Uh, side note, Julian, we playing Red Balloon this year as well. By the way, uh, uh, so then I, I definitely need to get out there. We we need to talk. All right. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but in uh, in regards to the song, <laughs> uh, what song was that? Uh, for us, like I say, I, I joined band my sophomore year, so it was cadences. It was um, we called it Ferret, mm-hmm. but it was a it's, it was an old Southern cadence, bro. And I heard I was like. Yeah, I want to get down. And then they played uh cadence called for rent. And then they played a stick cadence. It's called Stick by uh, Johnny Lane. Um, if if you ever like pull up a clip by uh Southern, they'd be like, Southern is the best band in the land. Rah, that's like that. Rah. I heard that, I was like, Yeah, I need to hop down in this band. And <laughs> from that from that point, I, I I was hooked ever since. Um, but I think I was just excited. Um, but being in that culture in Louisiana at that time, you was going to hear Nick. You was going to hear Torture. You was right, going right, to hear right. uh, those classics. Honestly. Do what you want to. Not, not really. Not, even not, that. <laughs> not really even that. But like it, it was like it was just certain songs like Before I Let Go. Like really, if you took Southern Book from 03 and back, the classics. Yeah. At that time when I was in school, but you, you was playing. You was playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me, let me hop in here real quick, just to go ahead and give you the answers and then, uh, Derek and then Justin, you, you, you up. Um, but, um, the first thing I do want to say is I'm actually really good on percussion. I'm pretty decent. Uh, I ain't cold now. Let's, let's not, let's not get it. MDFS? MDFS cold? No, I ain't, no, hell no. (laughs) I ain't, I ain't cold now, but real talk, like, so. He can do it. <laughs> I get to him. Okay, okay. I'm pretty. I'm pretty nice. I'm pretty nice. I, I you know, I, I, ain't, I ain't, you know, MD nice, but you know, or box nice, but I'm, I'm alright. I can handle my own. Uh, but no, when so in my district we have two percussion directors, and then they come, um, they come and work with our percussion on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Mm-hmm. I'm tech. I'm usually with our percussion on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So I'm literally all almost. 90% of the time back with the percussion. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I I don't know how that ended up happening. I, you know, I like playing, I like playing different instruments. I enjoy playing the tuba and trombone. I'm a trumpet player, but I end up like my wife 
and will hear me drumming in the house. I'll pick up some sticks. I got a practice pad in the kitchen. Whenever I'm in it, whenever I'm in the kitchen and she cooking, I'm hitting, I'm hitting the practice pad. Uh, so I mean, I don't know. Yeah, see, there it is. There you go. Uh, but to to answer your question, Chuck, uh, real talk, it really wasn't a. I could, I don't know if it was the song or the atmosphere, uh, because um, I was actually gonna quit band. Uh, my I ninth did. grade year, I did ninth uh, grade. I, I when I when I left when I left when I left middle school, like I appreciate everything I did in middle school, but I just wasn't looking forward to being in band because I didn't see anything that excited me. And then I was talking to this chick, and you know I was trying to follow the meet because she was going to one school, and so <laughs> I was like, hey man, uh, since she going to this school. I'm gonna come after you because you know I'm I'm thinking we're gonna lock it in and be together forever. All that, <laughs> you know, all all that young thinking, right? So I'm trying to follow the meat. So she went to the school and uh the school didn't have a band. It was a it was a, a academy, it was a preparatory academy. Mm-hmm. So I, I was actually thinking about giving a band, giving up band to go follow her. Um, but my brother was in band at Willowridge at the time. Uh, it was his, he was going into his senior year. So he was like, bro, come up to the rehearsal with me. And I was like, all right, you know, whatever. I don't care. Shit, you know, band, whatever. Um, and uh, so I'm sitting out in the audience in the auditorium because we were that big that year. Um, this was, this was uh 98. So that year we were 280 people. So, we had to, they rehearse in the auditorium on the stage. And so mm-hmm. I get in there. You were Justin. He in line. He in line. He in line. Not, not this Real time. talk. Nah, he Real talk. I don't ever, I don't lie, you know. Uh, but uh, we we were, we were on the stage and Mr. Thorne was sitting on the, on the, on the, on the podium and he said, whistle, two, three, four. And they said, ready, two, three, and boom, downbeat, and it was give it to me, baby. And I saw the drum majors in the front hitting it, and I was like, "Yo, what is this? I ain't never seen no band like this, yo! Mm-hmm. Like, what the heck is this?" And uh, I was sold after that. I I was like, "Fuck her! I'm going for <laughs> this band." Uh, so that's that's kind of what happened to me. So, like I said, I don't know if it was the song or was it the atmosphere of the situation itself. Right, right. Yeah. And that's important, having that woke or that atmosphere, you know, to recruit. I always say your biggest recruit is your performance. Mm-hmm. You know, you never know who might be watching, who might be seeing you. I remember doing Mardi Gras as a senior and seeing little kids with Quaker oak boxes with a string and some sticks marching down the street like Southern, you know, and I'm like, this kid five years old six years old seven years old like i was like man like you, you never know who's watching and so that's uh yeah i, I get it that atmosphere or that performance man can change lives Derek, who'd you see um man for real for um it was the high school band that i ended up marching for man i was i was the same as julian well, i wasn't chasing no cheeks but i was gonna play football <laughs> you know yeah, I, I you know I was a big kid. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna try for football team. Mm-hmm. Um, and only thing that stopped me, man, I got a D in biology my eighth grade year, and I was ineligible to play because of a D. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I got to high school, man. I was like, man, I'm not about to do nothing. Then March band started playing, man. Uh, 
I did band in middle school. I was like, let me give it a try. But it, it was the, the thing that kept me in it was really it, it was the atmosphere, man. It was so much order. Um, my band director, he didn't play no games. If anybody's on the chat from Maryland, you know, I went to Oxon Hill. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, my band director, he didn't play no games. Um, mm-hmm. so, I mean, but the atmosphere, I was like, oh man, we're going hard over here, man. And, you know, it's a lot of learning. I, I just, I mean, it was just like a, it was above a plane that I could understood, understand why, you know, I gravitated towards the band, man. But, um, I mean, it was just, the, the kids that I was around, the places we saw, the music we used to create. And honestly, mm-hmm. my high school band was really good. Like, I mean, they could play. That yeah. was a thing that really impressed me, man. So, like, you know, you, the first time you ever sit in a, in a live performance and you get chills, you know, I never experienced that before until I heard that band. Um, so I, I was hooked after that. And then on top of that, they went to China my freshman year in high school. So wow, I, I was like, yo, <laughs> I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> yeah. They went they were trying for the Olympics, man. But um mm. yeah, man. And my batteries so smart, man. He was a percussionist. When you asked that question earlier, mm-hmm. he was a percussionist. I didn't really figure that out until I think maybe my junior year in high school, because he would never pick up sticks. I mean, like he wouldn't go, yeah, he, he would always do another instrument, like a wind instrument. Yeah. He would never pick up sticks and everything like that. Though. But um, but yeah, yeah, my marching band, man. Had me hooked. <clears throat> I'm still hooked. Obviously, I do this for a living now. <laughs> Uh, Justin, real quick. So, uh, you from you from Louisiana? Um, he from New Orleans. So good, difference. Uh, you from the city. I'm sorry. You from New Orleans. It's like saying. I, I, I'm glad, I mean, here, here's the problem. I got you, bro. I got you good. That's different. That's different. Uh, before no, no, real talk. Before I, before I even get into what I was actually gonna say, I don't even know why I said that because I even know that. Because when I say my people from Louisiana, then they be like, "Oh, what part?" And I be like, "Monroe." That ain't that ain't Louisiana, bro. That's, that's <laughs> a trash. Dog. So yeah, so I already know. I already know. I don't even know why I said that. But um, yeah, man, I I don't even know how you don't know about my high school back in back in '98. We came, we came to Southern in night. Well, you you were you know you were super young. Uh, but yeah, we came to New Orleans, not New Orleans, Baton Rouge in 98. And, uh, that battle of the bands is still, it's still up on YouTube right now, man. Um, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. You, you muted Justin. Uh, he's not muted. You just can't hear him. Check your, check your mic settings. Uh, make sure everything is hooked up. But, um, but yeah, we played. Uh, I don't know if if, if Kennedy is still a, is still a band, but yeah, they uh, so they after Katrina they had closed it, yeah, uh, for for a little bit. But they uh, brought it back though, so you know they're up and yeah. coming. That was baby Kennedy. Style. Kennedy back then was like that was our our the the one the one group we were going after that that year because they mm-hmm. came in killing and they can't they ain't come in in no band uniforms. They came in with like sweaters. That said, like Kennedy on it, and I was like, they was blowing. Uh, Kennedy was there. Washington Marion was there back when they had numbers. Uh, what about Saint Aug? I don't see. No, Saint Aug wasn't there. Man, I, I remember seeing them when I went. We heard them around the corner, and I remember seeing the the I guess call them like the high, the high risers or the you know what I'm saying the the snare drums. Or the the snares, the yeah, right. Like, I had never yeah. seen that before. We can hear you. Oh my goodness! I was hey. like. Who is my, this band? Like that was my first question, I was gonna ask you when you said '98, 
and you went to the battle. I said, y'all, did y'all see John F. Kennedy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah Kennedy was there. That that yeah. was the band to beat. Uh, like I said, they they came in killing, and uh, we were like, nah, nah, bro, we ain't gonna let them. We ain't gonna let them hit it. Uh, but no, nah, we won the Battle of the Bands that year in '98. Um, well, yeah, Lamik uh, videos is right. Tape Master got it up. It's on. It's on Tape Master. Um, I mean, my uh, like my band, and, and and I ain't trying to brag on brag on the no, home home no, team. No, 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 Y'all were good. Y'all were good. No, 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 but no, real you talk. Who, like you know who was in that '90 90, that '98 90, uh, '99 Canada band? Uh, what is his name? Uh, the host of. Uh, Crucial conflict, 90 you talking about Kennedy? No, no, no. I'm talking about Kennedy. Oh, uh, I'm already know. I'm about to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So can we say that's a golden era for high school band, mid to late 90s? Absolutely. 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 Like, there uh, was a lot of good groups. Even my junior year, uh, well, see, I, I could talk about a lot about my high school because we, we did the Rose Bowl. Mm. Uh, we did the Orange Bowl. Uh, we did Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade my senior year. Wow. Uh, but, but, uh, my junior year, Southwest Cab came down uh, from Georgia to Texas to play us yeah. during a Texas Southern game. Wow. Um, they were yeah, big like, then, too. Yeah, that's back they when they huge. still had their yeah. 300. Yeah, they that's were back huge, when they still yeah. had their 300. Yeah. Um, and and it was funny how we ended up finding out about it because the band, our band director was like, hey, we got a battle coming up. We like a battle. Ain't no battle on, on the on the books for us. He was like, the band directs from Southwest Cab say he heard that we were the best and he wants he they want to come and battle us. And we was like, all right, let's 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 get it then. Um, but yeah, man, you can you can look us up, Justin. Anywhere Willer is anywhere between 98, 99, shoot, you can actually go back years. I don't want to put this out there, Quan, but I mean it was it was it was a game where Willer is was at PV. They they played for a PV game, and the rumor is they blew out PV. I ain't saying so that's just the rumor. I, was, I wasn't I there. What year was that? Like nine five? I think it was either ninety five or ninety seven. Nah, I saw that field show. I saw it. It was it, it was one of them different. years. We talking about so, the stands and the field show. That's no, no even in the stands, it was, it was live, bro. I even mean, in the stands. They, were, they were like damn near two times bigger than Prairie View, two three times bigger than Prairie. Yeah, like, and ninety and ninety five. In the ninety-five and ninety-seven, in ninety in the ninety-five and ninety-seven years, they were about three ten, somewhere around there. They were they they had passed three hundred. And there was about four with all ninety-six. Thank you, ninety-six. Yeah, wow. And see, and and that's tough because like your high school kid, you you ain't got nothing to lose. Yeah, Yeah. you you ain't got nothing to lose. You you go for broke. College, if they you know they play at a high school, which. I, I, don't, I don't see why that should happen, but if that happens, um, they should be better. But yeah, if they're not, then, you know, I saw I saw it with uh, Dudley in Greensboro, yeah, in the '90s and mid '90s, late uh, mid '90s, and they were at a North Carolina Central game, and um, yeah, that, that high school just 
Yeah, it was. It was. So that so, was the best band in that stadium that day. So, so for like y'all East Coast brothers, like I'll never forget when you know YouTube YouTube first came out in 05, but mm-hmm. when those band tapes started first coming out, it was a it was a battle of the band, and it was like read was it how you pronounce it like reading? I saw them. I yep. saw um was it like Gwinnett? Uh Gwinnett mm-hmm. County. Like yep. there were so many schools that was big. And of course, I think the reason why a lot of people knew Southwest Cab because they traveled. Oh, but yeah. it was a lot of Atlanta, I think uh Meadow Creek. They mm-hmm. had a really like some solid bands, bro, around that area. So I do believe that that was the era of bands, but no lie, I wasn't in band at that time. Mm-hmm. No, I, didn't, I didn't join band until, until later because I thought I was going to be a baseball player. But in New Orleans, bro, even if you yeah. was a tiny band, bro, you still, like, i never forget mm-hmm. Douglas, Carver, 3-5, uh, like, mm-hmm. like it was some bands, bro. Yeah. Like, you could not stand on that neutral ground and without... Yeah, bro. Bro, when we did, we lined up for the Rex Parade. We lined up for the Rex Parade. No, Zulu. Sorry, we did Zulu. Um, and we were, I don't know what street this was, but it was, man, it's got to be at least a football field to too long. And it was just bands lined up, lined up. And I mean, I, I just remember seeing, that was my senior year in high school. Uh, 2000, and I was just like, oh, my goodness. Like, I've never seen so many bands, like, all together. You know, we were a little all-star group, you know, that we have in North Carolina, a few of the groups as well um, together. Uh, but, you know, we had a couple rehearsals. We had a few parade songs or whatever, but we didn't want any of parts, you know what I'm saying, of some of them groups, especially St. All. Like, I just remember hearing them come around the corner. And, you know, if you've ever been around, like, large bands, you know what I'm saying, a large group, you know what that feeling is from a distance, you know what I'm saying, from a distance. And it's kind of like, I don't know, like a dinosaur approaching, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what that feeling is. And I, I could just feel it. I was like, man, that's like two to 300 people in sync and coming right, around and the corner. And I was just like, Wow, I was like, it's amazing. So I mean, it, it was really cool, you know, experience that man. I I feel that uh, you gotta have a special group to take groups to New Orleans. You know what I'm saying? For for Mardi Gras, you gotta have a special group. Um, I think Norfolk, y'all went one year, right? Did y'all do Mardi Gras? Um, I didn't go. I ain't gonna tell you why I didn't go. Oh. I was supposed to go. <laughs> That's a story. Mardi Gras is a, is a is a time in my life in Norfolk that I just I. Block out of my mind. Control off the leap. Absolutely. Like how, uh, like I got my niche with, with, with band. You know, I see y'all was on the topic. Like every band when I was a kid was just stupid big. You know what I'm saying? I, my middle school band had 160 kids in it. You know what I'm saying? The 30, 40 piece trombone section. So I'm like, what I, middle I school you went to, bro? I went to Woodson. <laughs> so it's oh. like some of the fun in Woodson, right next to the street, and whatever high school come recruit you. So it was a matter of just like. Just big bands. I used to love FAMU, and I had to stop liking FAMU. I hate to say it, because my culture, FAMU was the biggest college band. I'm like, okay, they got all them people. Remind me of back home, but when they play, it sounds like it's, it sounds good, but what is where's the energy? Where's the aggression? Where's what I'm used to? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I got vines that read, you know what I'm saying? With that big monster coming up the street with 200 people in the band, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I, that feeling you said, like, you know, you can feel when people come. I'm, I, that's 
that's the norm to me. Sometimes I didn't like going to band practice if we had 10 tubas or like, you know what I'm saying? That's just the, the culture in New Orleans. But I wanted to uh, touch on a topic that y'all was talking about earlier. Uh, quite I'm glad you're on here. We talk about how big Willow Ridge was and all these bands in Texas and stuff like that and how great it used to be. Do you ever think it's going to come a time that band can get back that way in the state of Texas and can y'all some kind of way fight this whole UIL system? Because I personally feel like, you know, every like I told you, every band that I talk to in Texas is like, we got to do this, we got to do that. But your kids, I'm I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not a fan of festivals. I'm not afraid to sing. You know what I'm saying? I get it, whatever, until we can create our own festivals and things of that nature. I'm in support of that. But I hate when, it, when I'm hearing from band directors and things of that nature that we have to do this for a, a group of people who really don't care about our kids. They just want numbers and, and results of, of something of their standard, bro. I feel like that's really killing Texas bands. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, you send your kids, we send our kids to HBCUs, call it we want to, you know what I'm saying? We send most of our kids too. If you have those one or two that go to like PWIs, that's fine. But I feel like is this gonna come a time where like, you know, the Texas band directors can stand up and like, you know, do their own thing and say what's best for the needs of these Texas bands? It's really killing y'all. I think so. Oh, so go. go ahead. Okay. Uh, being honest, bro, it's not UIL that's 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 killing bands, bro. I I said it several times. It's the infrastructure of these middle schools. So, so real real quick, around 2006, like bands like Loki died, and I and I think everywhere. Low key seemed okay. like gangs took a hit. And, and well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trinity, yeah, Trinity, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But 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 think but not not including the city because after Katrina, they still like that culture would never we saved die. It. Yeah, we saved you it. You know what I'm saying? Like the the culture would never die. I mean, think about it. The whole gritty city came out, you know, years later. Like, like, you know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I show it every year for band camp. So Me it's too. like Me too. Uh, like so it didn't die. But when you look at other areas. We felt the remnants world of No Child Left Behind Act, and we felt the remnants of the 21st century grant. Like, especially in low socioeconomic areas, they was like principals was looking at it like because certain districts in Texas are non-centralized. So that basically means the principal is judge, jury, and executioner with the funds. So they looking at it like if I don't have to pay this dude a sixty thousand dollar salary, I can go hire. Joe who Joe who marched for a drumline, I could pay him $45 an hour for four hours, buy a set of drums, and when I want to be entertained by these people, I could pay him. Well, I'm going to do it. So what happened, you had a lot of uh, black, historically black high schools and middle schools that was like, cool. Well, we ain't going to have band, but we're going to have drumlines. And that, that trend started around Houston like in Houston, they their fine arts department is only like four to five years old, bro. It's not it's, it's not not a lot. So that's why you have revolving doors around Yates. You had a revolving door here at Worthen prior to me getting here. You know, the the eldest band director here is Mr. Woodson at Sterling. But when you don't have a middle school program, how can you build? So every year we're pulling kids from the school. You feel what I'm saying? Like, and, and that's the situation. One second. Uh, I'm gonna let him. I want. I'm gonna let him finish cooking. But then I got something I want to add. I on. definitely want to hear because I hear 
the same situation from every every house. My bad. My bad. That's the people they be trying to like. So, like, that's that's like the overall what happened to a lot of low socioeconomic schools in in urban areas. Now, here's the flip side to the affluent areas. If you had a black school such as Willowridge, you know what they do? They build another school not too far and they split your school in half. And then they build another school and they split your school in half where you have certain schools in certain areas where Ruler Ridge is based. They have like two middle, two, three middle schools that feed into it. But the black schools, they have one middle school and they might have had a revolving door. So it's not quote unquote the UIL, it's the infrastructure and system that honestly, it's systemic racism because you couldn't tell Willow Ridge nothing real talk from the time Mr. Thornton arrived to the time uh, he transitioned to the other side of heaven. You couldn't because his band was winning UIL. His band was winning sweepstakes. I'm talking about concert, sight reading, and jazz. You couldn't tell him nothing because they will go to Rose Bowl. You see, that's just one example. And then, unfortunately, I'm going to say this, and this may not be politically correct for a lot of, a lot of even black folks. Sometimes the power of option also kills it. Because we think, well, I'm going to bust my kid to this magnet school. But you busting your kid to the magnet school, so the historical black school and your neighborhood dying. So that band that was big. So imagine if you got your historical black high school that got 80 kids, but then you, quote unquote, got a magnet school down the street that you think is better. And you got 80 kids and 80 of those kids supposed to be in that other band. Your band not diminished. So you went from a possibly 200 piece band. To an 80 piece band, and then over time, if you don't have you're fighting over those middle school kids, well, we fighting against each other instead of honestly standing together and be like, nah, we're gonna we're gonna fight for this historical black high school and gonna keep building and keep investing in these kids in our neighborhood. That's what that's what happens. That's what I've seen personally has happened in Houston. But can it come back? It can when the middle school uh programs come back, but until then, it won't work, it won't happen, bro. Um I don't I don't disagree with nothing you just said. Um but I think there's another piece to that that I think that you missed out on. And that other piece is people just don't want to ask questions and get informed and get involved either. Because here's the here's the the truth about a lot of things. When it comes to UIL in in a lot of districts on your contract, it tells you you have to do, do UIL. Now there are some there are some districts that does not require you to do UIL. But for the most part in Texas, you you are required to do UIL. The problem is us as the chocolate folk, we refuse to actually go and get the knowledge to be more successful in doing UIL. We get in our lane and then we say this is for us we want to do us and we're going to stick in this and then say, woe is me. Right? Like, and, and the reason why I can speak from that perspective is because I was once that person until I said, you know what? Let me go get the knowledge to be able to be successful. Let me hit you to some game. Mr. Thornton did not have a drum corps background at all. Yet Mr. Thornton, has numerous ones in UIL. Numerous ones. Out of the four years that I was at Willow Ridge, it was one year I got a two in UIL. 
But this is coming from a person who has never in his life marched drum corps. He has over. He started out. He started out at Prairie View and then graduated from Texas Southern. So my point, my point to you is, it's not the fact that UIL is killing us. It's 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 because I definitely agree with everything that Quan said. Infrastructure is definitely a problem. There definitely needs to be more. Uh, educators who are willing to work at the middle school level and build up middle schoolers. But there's a other half of that where the band directors got to get out of their own assholes. I mean, it, it just is what it is. You got to be able to just say, you know what? I don't know. I don't know how to do this. Let me go get the knowledge to be better. Let me bring in a cl- clinician who's going to be able to show me how to do X, Y, and Z on the marching side. We were successful in marching and show style. We won. We won during our time, mar- uh, show style battle of the bands and UIL. So it's able to be done. You just have to be comfortable enough to step into the uncomfortable places to go and get the knowledge. That is the problem. This is so. Here's here's a common example of what I'm talking about. And this ain't every black teacher, so please understand that. At TMEA, one of the things that bothers me is we refuse to get into the uncomfortable spaces. We get together as the black folk and we talk about the problems that we have in the community. Yes, but it's very rare that I see a lot of them actually getting out and having conversations with the people that don't look like us in order to get the knowledge in order to be better. If you don't understand the difference between bent leg and straight leg, and understanding how to march that style and the mechanics that comes in that, even something as simple as saying you have too much feet in your sound, then that means that you are you have refused to go and get the knowledge. I can go, I can walk into any space and have this conversation. The district I teach in now is one of the top tier districts in the state of Texas. Top five in the state of Texas. That's the district I teach in now. I walked into that band room and, and from the high school perspective and was able to still teach those kids. And yet I can go and 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 be an assistant band director at Prairie View. Because it's it's be it's just acquiring the knowledge that people just don't want to be able to don't want to take the step to do. All they want to say is, well, this is what we do. And this is how we gonna keep it, which is which is not okay. So I guess the question that that, I, that I'm back to the, the question that I was asking. Okay, so I'm now I'm getting some insight. Hold on, hold on right, hold on right quick, Justin. I know Quan, Quan, I know you got to go, brother, because they kicking yeah. you out the building, man. You kicking me out, so, man. I'm I'm logging on my phone to check in, but y'all have a blessed night, man. Bet, bet. Uh, All right, go uh, ahead, Justin. So I guess the question that I'm asking is like, you know. You and I like I like how you and Rick always say, you know what I'm saying? We 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 as a people are sometimes scared to tap into the other side of things, you know what I'm saying? That we always make an excuse. I never been to TME and by by y'all just saying is is looking bigger than uh Midwest. I'm gonna definitely tap in to both of them next year. I never been to either one of them yet. But I, I but back to the point at hand, like the band in Texas, you just told me y'all was three three hundred something plus or whatever, I mean just something plus students like do you think which what is a way that we can get that back 
in Texas. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I thought it was the UIL battle that I'm about to say, you know, we can't participate in like in the year battle of the band because we gotta do you festivals and things of this nature. When I watch other states do festivals and still be able to to keep their kids engaged. We 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 don't want to say it, you know what I'm saying? I, I deal with kids every day traveling to different schools in my profession, I made band a profession. I know what the kids want to do. You know what I'm saying? And and I watch certain band directors make concert band fun. My band director had to tell us we wouldn't get in our letterman jackets at the end of the year. We didn't do concert band. I did concert band and I ended up loving it. But we still went to them Atlanta Jam and showed out. You know what I'm saying? So my thing is like I, I get it. I see the excuses, but then I see somebody like you, um, Luke, telling me like, you know, that that's not the problem. So where where is how can we build that culture back in Texas? So the the thing is UIL doesn't keep numbers out, right? There are a number of bands in the state of Texas who do just strictly show show style that are small. That goes back to exactly what Quan was saying about infrastructure, you know, um, building middle school programs, all of that stuff. I have a massive respect for um, Mr. Williams at Skyline. I really do. Because he has built a very good band program. But I used to work in DISD. I know the feeder kids that he gets. That you know, they're they're a, a, a good crop of kids. They have a decent feeder program. Whereas the school that I used to work at didn't have a good feeder program. And they weren't letting me in there. <laughs> they wanted me to come over there, but I didn't have time because my schedule was super swamped. When I got over there, the band director didn't, you know, wasn't willing to work with me. She barely picked up the phone. You know, the problem, a lot of that is definitely infrastructure. infrastructure. My band, Willow Ridge, at my time when I got in in 98 was 280 people. Now, maybe 60, 70. Like, but that's uncommon. But a lot of the a lot of the situation is the feeder programs. They built two different schools, no, three different schools after I graduated. They built one while I was still in school, which didn't, which took a lot of the population away from my high school. But they built two more after. I think it's Reagan and Marshall. So the thing is, I agree one hundred percent. What Quan is saying, yes, infrastructure is definitely an issue. But I think the other half of that is we we can't just blame UIL, right? Like right. if we say if we say that UIL is the is the catalyst for why we don't have numbers, then explain to me why there are so many bands that are still in Texas without numbers. We can name Sunset, Townview, Skyline. Those are all in Dallas. Houston bands are still small. I don't know any San Antonio bands, any Austin bands. And really, 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 when you think about it, you're really only talking about three cities, two cities, Houston and Dallas. And and quiet as it's kept. The DFW area, I'm sorry, I forgot. Cedar Hill, Cedar Hill. So sun, so Sunset, Townview, Cedar Hill uh, and Skyline. But. When you're looking at those four groups, quite as it's kept, the DFW area has more stronger, predominantly white band programs with a lot more numbers than all of those schools that we that I just named. 
I mean that that is just the 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 honest to God truth. Cedar Hill has a great number of of kids because Cedar Hill has, is a small is a smaller community where they have the one high school where they have a lot of middle schools that feed into it, and they're doing a great job over there, one hundred percent. But when I look at Sunset and I look at Skyline and I look at Townview, those three schools right there are just really have really good or decent situations. Townview, you have to apply to get in. You don't just walk into that building. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, just to kind of bring it to a, just kind of to close it out, man, you know, even if you have a band of 30 or 40, you can still be successful. Um, you, 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 you want to talk about having adjudicated or having something that is specifically for us. Well, now we have that. We have that. The, the, the bands of America. We have that now. But the question now is, who's going to show up? Are you really going to actually show up and support it? Because you're now being adjudicated. You're now being assessed. You're looking at, are you actually playing as a unified front? Are you playing intonation? Are you playing? Because regardless of whether you're doing show style or core style, as Rick says, a concert F is a concert F. Right. Moving your company front in time is, is spot on. Is your leg li- How does your leg lift look? Do you have feet in your sound? Is your toe coming in at the right time? Where is that feet activation happening? Like all of is your drill concept important? What does your auxiliary look like? Like all of these things are important. And if we if we just want to say, all right, well, we just want to get out there and blow that hoe and crank. Well, then, well, shit, then do that. <laughs> get out there and put it on. Nah, and you know, hey, and that's right. And we've had that for a minute too. Like the consortium has been going on for a long time. I was a student when I attended it, and then now I'm having my high school group is actually performing at it in March. You know, and so we have these events, but you see the same individuals there, and and, and I think there's this whole um, this idea about with with some folks, not with everybody, because I'm in a district. I'm in DeKalb County. I'm with Southwest Stevenson. Um, Redan, you know, all those big schools in the area eras that we were talking about. And it's an expectation. It's not written in our contract, but it's an expectation that we have a full comprehensive program. You what know, you at, you said, I'm, I'm in DeKalb County. What school? At Tucker. I'm at Tucker yeah. High School. Right. And so that's right in the suburbs, right outside the city. And so um, it's expected that we have a full comprehensive program. And, and I think when it comes to festival and just amongst the culture, some individuals, they name all the white composers. They don't talk about our African-American composers and band directors like William Grant Still, you know, and, and, and these individuals that were really big in this style of music as well. All we hear is the same ones over and over and over. And I'm gonna be honest, some of them, some of those composers are putting their foots in their mouth. Put their their foot in their mouth and saying some things and being exposed for who they are. You know, it's like every semester we see somebody say something stupid and then those individuals are getting canceled. We're like, oh, we're not playing them no more. We're going to play these individuals. But, but like was stated, is that we have some of these events and it's the same folks showing up. You mentioned about being in the band room or, or or feeling feeling that power, Jesse. You were saying that. I never forget going and sitting in at a FAMU rehearsal. I'm telling you, if you ain't never been in a rehearsal and in that band room with them, 
it's a whole nother experience. You can't tell me they're not laying it down. You well, know, no, they, 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 they definitely are. They, they, and I didn't, I, this is the style of what we play. I, my first time seeing them in person was at Honda 2010 when they played that If It Kills Me by Javis and Sullivan, and they had the whole dome shaking. Like they, have right. a, they, have a, they have a force sound, like you feel it, more mm-hmm. so than a, like a swag HBCU band, like touch you, like knock you out. Right. So they, 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 they're doing it, you know what I'm saying? It's just a different style. Yeah, it's, 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 it's different. different. Yeah, it, it's yeah. different. But again, I just wanted to say that, that too many times we give that name festival or LGPE, what we call it out here or whatever, you know, like was stated, people are scared to be adjudicated and to get that feedback. Next Friday, I go to pre-LGPE, pre-festival. I got Doc Watkins, Dr. Hughes from Morehouse, and I have Don Roberts, that's our district director, as our adjudicators for them. And I told my kids today, I was like, hey, this is going to make us better. This is going to make us better. We need this. And too many times we don't want to be uncomfortable. I used to work at a school. We said com- uncomfortable conversations, courageous conversations. We don't want to have those because we don't want, sometimes we don't want people telling us what we need to do to improve our own stuff. It's the, it's the ego. It's the ego of some of us, you know, and, 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 it, and it, just, me, it doesn't help us. And let me say this. Let me say this one thing, uh, Justin, before you, 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 you get your question out. Um, festival gives us a standard. It gives us a rubric to follow. What is wrong with having a standard and a rubric? Right. That we is, have it in the fall, too. We have marching festival. Where yeah. We have that rubric I mean, all of that, that right? All of it. So, like, like, what would it hurt to say, okay, I'm going to still put together my show-style show, but I'm going to have the creativity that they're looking for. My band is going to be solid. Even if I'm playing, even if I'm playing at a at a dynamic level of fortissimo, it's gonna be balanced, it's gonna be in tune. What's what is wrong with having a standard? There's nothing wrong with it. You can still do the style that you do and still have a standard. And the standard doesn't have to be blow that hole or play out of tune. Like being in tune is okay. Being in tune is okay. I guarantee you, there is no newspaper that ever said a kid died from playing in tune. So <laughs> what is wrong with having a standard? Like, <laughs> like real talk. Cause it's because it's hard. It's not easy. It's not it's hard. It's hard to get a group to do that. It's hard to, and we know that. I'm gonna say, you know what's crazy? I'm gonna just say it's not hard. Like I mean. In certain extents, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, what's crazy is I learned as a kid how to shoot a high note. Like, just go get it, because I, I mm-hmm. want to crank it. But you know how much skill it takes for me? You know, I mean, you know how many in-tune notes I'm missing to try to go get the shoot for the birds? You know what I'm saying? But when I play an in-tune note, I'm looking like, dang, this it? You know what I'm saying? So to so my question, mm-hmm. I think, what, what do y'all think would happen if they had like an all- Swag on all HBCU star studded cast panel. All right, we get all the judges from the swag, all the judges from these popular HBCUs to create to be the judges of creating like a a, a contest that way it is more is more is more. I sound appealing, but I ain't got to worry about it being the other people judging us. Do you think more 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 band directors are, are, are bringing a group then or or what? No, nah. 
The, no. Here, here's the here's the reason why here's the reason why I say no, and then you know I, we gotta. I'm gonna let some other people get in. We gotta wrap because I don't want to keep everybody too long. We got jobs, uh, <laughs> but uh, but no. I the reason why I say no is because of this one reason. Nobody will agree. Think about it. Everybody, if you get way is right. <laughs> right. If you get if you get Doctor Zachary. Uh, Prof. Gordon, Kedrick Taylor, Brian Simmons, Donovan Wells, all as adjudicators. Everybody's going to have a difference of opinion on what the quote-unquote standard is. It's just not going to happen. I mean, that's. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just being honest. Let, let me let me give you let me give you a, a really good example. And I think Rick brought this up on the show, but if he didn't, I'm gonna bring it up now because this is very true. This happened. Prayer View Bander Prayer View was invited to do uh, um, adjudicate at a, a at a high school battle of the bands. It was Brown. Uh, I think it was Sean. It may have been Sean. I don't remember. But it was a couple of folks who who were from Prairie View who, who adjudicated at the show. The band directors asked them not to come back because they thought that they weren't being fair. Because the band that, that won in the divisions were the bands who played with actually characteristic sound, who had a lot more energy and thought in their show, and it didn't sound like they were just trying to blow to the end of their bell. It's just, it's just, it's just what it is. Like, it's like this. I've, I've watched a lot of Battle of the Bands, a lot of Battle of the Bands, just like you have, Justin. Mm -hmm. Typically, if you have an all Southern panel, the more Southern esque band is going to be the one that wins. It's not going to be the one that looks like Fam, because there's just an everybody has a different idea of what the standard is. And that's that's not discrediting anybody. It's just I, I just think that things like that just don't work. They could work, but they don't I would, work. I, I would, what I would be looking for, what I'd be looking for out of it, because you are, I mean you right, and it, I didn't think about the aspect. I would just be looking for the participation to come. Like right now, like, like, I'm the band director, you know, high school band director, not even interested in festivals or not don't even send the kids to festivals. But unless you put a name like, you know, at least we at least we introducing our kids more to concert music because we want to go impress where we come from. Our former band directors our, our university. It, at least the push to get that. You know what I'm saying? At least we'll get kids more interested or try to get that. I'm just trying like baby steps, you know what I'm saying? But I feel I feel what you're saying. I just think that you know I wouldn't mind giving it a try, but you, dang, I ain't never think about it like like how you said that we spend more sudden in the band on a more band. I, I got you. I got you. As a matter of fact, we tried that as an experiment. We tried that. Uh, and anybody who's who's in the chat right now who's still watching, um, I can't remember what year it was. 20, 2015? We we did uh what was called the El Dorado Battle of the Band in uh el paso texas at uh ut el uh in el paso utep um the goal was to have an 
a all HBCU Battle of the Bands judged in a in a um, core style fashion, meaning we had not core style judges specifically, but just you know looking at pageantry and um, looking at your general effect and looking at you know sound balance and blend your show all of that stuff. Yeah, absolutely, Phoenicia. Where y'all, where we almost melted because of the heat. It was hot as hell out there that day. It sounded hot. But El Dorado. It, it was the El Dorado <laughs> Battle of the Bands. But listen, listen to you when I tell you, there was an invite that was sent out to a lot of bands. Three bands came. I think it was three bands. It was PV, uh, Valley. It was PV Valley and and somebody else. Y'all y'all in, in the chat, huh? It may have been Alcorn. It may have been it may have been Alcorn. But uh, but we send the we sent the invite. The reality is, people don't want to get judged. People don't want to lose that top spot. People don't want to be said that be told that they're not the the hot stuff. And when you start taking it to a secondary level, it kind of it kind of is the same thing, bro. That happened like in right 2003. Now. That happened in 2003. Defeat the beat and the top three. Well, first of all, FAMU was there. FAMU was not. They were at exhibition. They went as an exhibition. Then the night before, they entered in. To the competition. You had Howard, AT, FAMU, a bunch of groups or whatever. It was FAMU third, Howard University second, and AT number one. And I remember being on that field when they made the announcements. Man, FAMU's face was like, what? Like, you know, and 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 people knew that there was there was a standard in terms of the way your show was supposed to be presented, you know, and 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 again, um, I think it's that you know people don't want to be adjudicated and uh, and and like was mentioned, it doesn't um, you know people people can't agree. You know what I'm saying? People can't agree. That's sad, bro. But all right, man. Then next time, I guess it's just them. Like you know, I mean, I, I just thought that that idea maybe you know can I'm talking about for high schoolers. You know what I'm saying? Push them. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, but I'm let me let me say this before you go, Justin. Um, there are there are there are things out there right now. Um, shout out to brother Will Young. He has the Paris Battle of the Bands that he did this year. They had a really good turnout, you know. Um, and I would say go support that. But I would also say, if you're serious about being adjudicated, but still wanting to do it for us because this is what it was created for in the first place, do the Bands of America. I never heard of it. Like, welcome to so uh, I can send you the information, but basically, Bands of, Band of America, Bands of America, is an organization that was really kind of started around the uh, Blue Devils, blah blah blah, and it really catered to the core style, the core style side of things. This year, they decided that, uh, along with uh, help from not only Rick but uh, my good brother Eric Prince, they have a show style um, division. In Bands of America. They started the first show that they did was at Prairie View. The invite went out to all um, Texas bands. And only a handful showed up. Now, but because they're really pushing for it, band, uh, not why I say Bands of America, U.S. Bands, sorry. 
not mm-hmm. not bands over there. Uh, but U.S. bands, um, they're now pushing it out to. I think they've added three more divisions, so they're 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 going to do one. I think in in uh, is it not Georgia? I'd, I'd have to give you the information, but there are three more areas, three more divisions that they've added it to, and it's specifically for us. But you are going to be adjudicated. Like really adjudicated, not oh they did the back being sweet. Let's give them some points. They're <laughs> gonna really, uh, they're really going to look at your show and give you a fair adjudication across the board. And, it, and, and the, is, it, is it all the people adjudicating? Yes, matter of fact, Rick was one of the judges. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I'll, mm-hmm. I, I can. Rick was one of the judges, so. I would say if that's what we want to do and that's what we want to push forward to, then fine. Go and 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 uh, uh, put your programs in those. Those are the two options I'm going to give. And Justin, I want to say um, there's an event called Night Beat that's in North Carolina. Um, if you get a chance to go I there, Night Beat. that's oh my goodness, and you'll see small uh, DCI groups, maybe 25, maybe 40 something people, sound like 400. And I'm telling you, it will like change your life. You know what I'm saying? Night beat in IGHT. It's called night beat. Yes, it's called night beat, and it's in Charlotte, North Carolina. And um, you know, Dr. Ruff at ANC used to bring a lot of us there because we'd have these huge bands and sound like this. But then you see 25 people on the field playing in tune, and how much that carries. It's physics that can be quantified, that can be measured. And it will change your life. And you'll be like, oh, my goodness, how do they do this? And it's because of just the focus on, on, the, on the intonation and the tone, you know, the intonation and the tone. And and we see it with some groups, you know. Um, people think could have been boring, but they sound amazing. And it's yeah, hard yeah. with that many people. You know, when you've got a lot of people, it's more chaos. People really can't agree, you know. Right. So. Um, that get a chance if you get to see one of those groups and, and it, it will change your life, you know, even though those play players are playing a long time together. See, that's the difference. You know, I was going to ask the TMEA, did they, did North Texas play? Uh, no. Because they, oh, they, you know, they play at Midwest and everybody's always drooling over them. But we have to remind folks that those are like masters and doctor doctoral candidates, and they've been playing for thirty something years. They should sound that way. You yeah, can't judge your high school based off of that group. It's not well, fake. <laughs> if you go to TMEA and see some of these all state groups, right, I'm not getting it. Or but, um, they bring the but, Japanese yeah, groups. I'm gonna go to TMEA. Look, he's a great. Uh, look, he's like. So what high school that that, that that showed out this, this this passion? Say that again. What high school showed out this passion? Tim. Oh man, they have they have schools from from all around the state. Okay. So like they'll have they'll have small performances like within um, the major concert hall, but then they'll have these little small performances as you're walking through the um, the convention center. So. It, it, you can see, and then and then we have our Allstate kids who perform that Saturday, and so Allstate is like all of the best kids out of the state of Texas. So out of the state group. of Texas is all the top kids. Um, so yeah, so it, it's it's pretty dope. Um, so yeah, man, Justin, I, I would definitely invite you to to to, to check some of that stuff out. Um, have you ever been to a DCI show before? 
No, man. Everybody was bro. telling me to go. I was, you gotta go, I man. On YouTube. I, I nah, go. YouTube nah, doesn't know justice. YouTube doesn't uh, know justice. Know yeah. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, man, I, I would definitely invite you up to all of those things, man, just so you can get a different perspective. When um, is, and you can like, see. When is, when is the next uh, DCI show is coming up? So they start in the summer. Uh, I haven't looked at the schedule yet. I, I generally start looking at the schedule. Uh, what are, where are we in March? So I generally start looking at the schedule around late May, mm-hmm. early June. Um, but yeah, they if you're ever in Texas, they usually do the Texas regional, um, and that Texas you, regional be live. No, it's in San Antonio. It? San Antonio. Matter of fact, we'll keep you posted. We'll be here Wednesday, so we'll keep you posted. Gotta go. Gotta go to the lot. Yeah, man. Them lots, bro. No. But, but man, I appreciate you, Justin. Man, I, you know, I always appreciate you. You always asking questions. I was appreciate appreciate your support, man. Appreciate no you, bro. All, man. I'm good, All right, man. Go. All right. All right, Chuck. Same with you, brother. Man, Man, you know I always appreciate you and appreciate your support, brother. You just keep on fighting the good fight and holding it down, bro. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate you guys. Man, anytime, anytime. All right. Man, this thing went supremely longer than what I thought it was going to (laughs) go. Hey, man. But uh, but before we go, man, I just want to make sure that everybody who who continue to rock with us, I appreciate you guys for rocking with us because I know it was a long time, but as I always have to do before we get out of here, please, please, please make sure that you go and pick up your merch. If you don't go pick up your merch, man, there's something wrong with you. All right. Oh, excuse me. I'm going to put the uh, link inside the description to go pick up your merch. There we go. We got it right there on the screen. Um, so go and pick up your Talk That Talk merch, man. Everything you got. We got the T-shirts. We got the hoodies. We got all all your needs for your family. We got the Weed of Blacks. We got your mask. We got everything you need. Go ahead and pick it up. Got some leggings. Hey, man, if y'all want to see y'all women rocking around in some nice little leggings with the meat hanging out, it's all good. Go ahead and pick you up some leggings for your woman, man. But we got all your needs just right there for you. I'm going to put the link inside the description. Man, go. Why don't I say description? Uh, go ahead and pick up your Talk That Talk merch. We are unfiltered, unscripted, and we get uncomfortable. So go pick up your merch today and anytime you want to. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, um, uh, Derek, do you have any final thoughts? Anything you got for the culture? Uh, I mean, I mean, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, other than that, man, I, I'm just out here learning a lot, you know, having these little conversations to take back into the real world. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I look forward to being back on here. Most definitely. And, uh, I know that, uh, I know that, uh, we were supposed to have secondary sessions. Uh, we didn't get a chance to get it, man. I, Valentine's I actually, Day, man. I understand. I, Look, yeah, I called it off, man. I said, y'all boys, go ahead and enjoy and have Valentine's Day and, and enjoy your Valentine's. So I didn't want to hold you guys. But we will definitely be back on uh, this. No, not this Monday, but next Monday for secondary session. So y'all keep it. Y'all keep it locked right here at uh, Passion Is to get your secondary sessions on. With that, man, I appreciate everybody joining us, man. Everybody has been real. I appreciate you guys holding on, sticking in for the conversation. We will see you guys next Wednesday. Thank you for tuning in to Talk That Talk. Find us on social media outlets and YouTube at Real Talk That Talk. Talk That Talk is a brand of the Passion Is Network. You can contact Passion Is at passionis1919 at gmail.com. If you would like to contact the panel of Talk That Talk, email us at realtalkthattalk at gmail.com.